This episode is sponsored by Falcon Northwest and their kick-ass custom-built gaming and workstation PCs. Head over to falconnorthwest.com and configure the PC of your dreams. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about Intel 14th Gen reviews and my first CP review. CPU review. <laughs> it works. Rolled it. Welcome, everybody, to episode 275 of The Full Nerd. I am your fill-in host for this week, Adam Patrick Murray, uh, and I have uh, Brad Ch- Choco Taco on the line. Hello, Brad. Hey. I hope the CPU review went better than the intro did for you, Adam. Uh, you know, it's just a l- little bit of a stumble. A <laughs> yeah, I thought stumble. it was going to be me messing it up. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, we will have Elena Yi uh, come, coming hot into to the show, so she she will be joining us in a little bit. Um, but uh, controlling the verticals and horizontals, while Willis is still gallivanting around in, in Europe, is uh, Dan Masoka. Hello, yeah, Dan. slipping in for him for a little bit. True. Sure. Welcome, Dan. Good, good to have you. And look at this. I'm yeah. surrounded by uh, full nerd gear. Um, but I have this exclusive PC World uh, testing jacket on. Not for sale. Not for sale. Uh, I don't even have one. Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't know if I have an extra. I'll, I'll ask Luis uh, if we can send ah. you an extra one. Uh, I, I wasn't fishing. I'm just, this is very excuse. <laughs> uh, well, uh, be- before we start the show, I got this n- new little segment, the the tidbits that don't uh, have their own uh, section. Uh, we'll go through a couple things real quick here. Um, uh, Corsair or Scuff which is owned by Corsair, sent me the Envision Pro. It's a uh, a, a gaming PC controller. So uh, controller, I, I know there's controller haters out there, but guess what? I play on controller a lot. You're you're a controller guy too, right? Yeah, 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, you're Hell not a no. controller. Hell no, I okay. won't go. <laughs> Hell no, you won't go. All right, well, I am a controller player, and this is my first t- uh, time with a scuff controller. I've known of scuff, and I've... I've like played around with them a little bit here and there. Uh, Hayden, who used to do do our game review stuff, I I think he reviewed controllers a little bit there too, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. that was the only time that I had ever really messed with the scuff controller. This is our newest one, and it's made specifically for the PC. Uh, and yeah, uh, I I I've used it a little bit uh, over the weekend, and and I dig it. Um, I th- I think the price is a little little steep for me mm. it sounds like it's actually pretty good for what scuff does uh but uh, this is 180 dollars, and when i think of that that's a lot of money for a controller uh and you could get for that same amount of money the xbox elite uh two which is my normal yep. controller so yeah between those two I'm, I'm still like a little up in the air for this price but i have no problem plumbing down some change for for a good controller and i i do like this controller I, i'm 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 curious to to keep going with it. So I mean, that's that one has like pr- programmable buttons over the light strip, right? Yeah, programmable buttons got a light strip RGB RGB man. You know, you've got RGB in here. Uh, <laughs> you can change the face plates. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a ton of stuff. The the couple different things that that make it unique versus the the Xbox Elite uh, Series Two uh, is that the paddles the the back paddles which you can program to anything whatever. Um, are in kind of in a, a weird different placement and at first i didn't like it but i'm I'm starting to get used to it a little bit but also they have two new programmable buttons on on the sides of the controller I, I actually don't have it in this box or i'd show you but like imagine if you're holding a controller like this right uh mm-hmm. there there's buttons right here underneath your oh. kind of that 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 first index knuckle weird uh yeah so so you can kind of press in uh, each side 
Mm. If you don't like it, you can swap it out yeah, for yeah. like blanks um, so that you don't accidentally trigger something. Or I, I guess you can t- disable it in the, the software too. But yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, for me, I programmed it too because I, I play a lot uh, of Call of Duty with Luis. And the, my default was like, oh, okay, I'm going to program it to uh, ping. So uh, mm, you know, mm-hmm. so so I can you know ping stuff real quick and and so far it was like okay well, that's that's kind of yeah. cool and if you uh, mess it, it up it's not the end of the world type of deal exactly yeah. yeah like I'm not gonna you know be like oh crap I didn't reload because yeah. I didn't hit the thing no I'm yeah. I'm just using it for ping so. could be your dance move or grenade at your feet there yeah. you go whoops yeah I don't don't worry that happens a lot to me already <laughs> uh, for another quick hit uh, Brad you got something you wanna you wanna bring up real quick yeah something I'm pretty pumped about. Uh, Back in the day, I tested when it came out earlier this year, I tested NVIDIA's RTX video super resolution feature, mm-hmm. which is basically DLSS for grainy web videos or even 1080p videos if you're viewing them on a 4K or 1440p monitor. Uh, and new version 1.5 came out today. It added some different features, like it deals with compression a little bit better, so it, and it makes it so it doesn't look as smoothed out because some sorts of contents could look too smooth. Uh, but the big deal that I wanted to just make sure everybody knew about is that it now works on RTX 20 series cards too. Before it was only available for RTX 30 and 40 series, but now any RTX card can use it. Uh, it looks great. It runs wonderful. It will use more power depending on the quality level you set. But once I turned it on for testing, I never turned it back off until my computer burnt to the ground. So go try it out. <laughs> Not because of this feature, <laughs> yeah. though. No, not because of this feature. <laughs> not because of the feature. Uh, Dan, are yeah. you familiar with, with this feature? No. No, so you know what DLSS is, right? A little bit. Yeah, so uh, so you're, you're uh, uh, upscaling. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you, you render out the game at a, a lower uh, resolution, and then it upscales it with AI enhancement stuff. Intelligence. To, yeah, <laughs> uh, to, you know, to, to take a, a lesser resolution image but upscale it so that you know you, you get the benefits of better performance because it's actually rendering at a lower resolution, yeah. but uh, hopefully not too diminished image quality, right? So this is uh, this video super resolution is the same thing, but for videos in your browser. Or I, I, can you use uh, it in VLC? You can use it in VLC now too. Yeah. So so imagine you go to a YouTube video and the YouTube video is only in like 480p. It's like a really old, you know. Uh, early YouTube video or something, this will will change the resolution of it on the fly or upscale it on the fly. Um, yep. Wh- as a video person, what do you think about this? I mean, I know that there there's software out there, and I haven't used it, but like following like kind of re- subreddits, um, like people are like, oh, I I have this footage, but it's like really bad quality, and so they're like, oh, try running it through um, to to upres, and so it's it's similar, but it's like you know, it sounds like yours is happening more in real time versus like a whole process and then you can edit within better quality so um yeah the, this isn't like you download yeah. the video and then you you up it right i mean yeah there's there's plenty of programs for that uh i mean there's even built-in scaling options in non-linear editors right uh so that that's nothing new but yeah this is this is on the fly happening in yep. your browser uh uh yeah so what, what do you what do you what do you think? It does take a little bit more power. I mean, but you're leveraging the, the GPU you have in your rig. Um, I mean, if it's if it if it works well, then that sounds good. I like I, I'm I'm not anti technology. Well, you you pointed out to me like, well, like, should I be concerned about it or? Well, because no, you're not seeing yeah. you're not seeing the video as intended by the 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 maker of the video. Maybe. I mean, well, 
did the maker expect us to watch in 1080 or was it film and so now we've you compressed it and so yeah. what's the argument well I, i'm just thinking for motion smoothing on tvs mm. do you turn that on or keep it off those oh, are i always turn it off but that just makes it feel weird i know but it, yeah. it's essentially inserting freight fake frames in fake information fake information yeah this is kind Fair. of the same thing mm. Tech, yeah, it's, you know. it's producing detail be like oh like oh that guy should not have that much facial hair or something uh well i i mean <laughs> i don't i don't know what it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's adding more pores to the skin because it's it's uprising okay I don't, I don't think it's doing that <laughs> <Don't>, no <laughs> though that would be funny <laughs> no i you know I, I i don't know i i i don't personally use it mm. but yeah i not that i'm against it but like i i also haven't felt the need to i guess where where do you see the benefit for for it brad uh i use it uh most specifically i always leave it on because i don't mind it uh some people found that it's a little bit too close to motion smoothing but for me when i'm watching like older horror movies like we were just talking about on hulu or something like that in my browser it does a great job of making them look a lot less grainy uh it works really, really good with old animes too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is denoising, right? Uh, yeah, that's. Mm. Can you? Can you? That's a big part of it. Can you actually change the settings to say, "Hey, I only want upscaling, or I want upscaling and denoising, or what? What are the configurations? You can't change specific options like that, specific features like that. But there are four different quality levels that you can adjust, and each one like intensifies a little bit more. Uh, okay. So you can play around with it and find the one that works for you and just leave that in place. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense for like the older right. stuff where it's like 480p and you're like, oh man, this is like terrible garbage quality. But it's like if it was already 1080 and do you up it to 4K? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Thing about uh, the the last quick hit before we we dig into the meat of stuff. Uh, yeah, hit it is uh, is Gigabyte's uh, Z790 Aorus Pro X. So the, this was actually um, uh, I, I saw this at the Gigabyte event uh, a couple months ago now. I, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, this is a a beautiful board, a white PCB. Like mm. I mean, if th- this is definitely like one of those boards that would be nice for an all white build. Uh, I do like the look of this, but but more importantly. Uh, they they retooled uh, the UEFI, and for me, shot up to one of my favorite UEFIs out there. Uh, like, yeah, the like the Gigabyte boards in the past, the UEFI. I mean, and it's not just Gigabyte; it's a lot of other companies too. I, I feel like it's like can be very confusing and not fully yep. descriptive of what's in there, right? Uh, <laughs> and when you're just trying to like figure out how to do something, you're just like, oh my god! So. At the at that event, they talked about the fact that they had a, a UFI, but I didn't see it at that time. Mm. Um, but yeah, so but this is the first time I'm playing with it. I don't know if they're going to backport it to to older boards or if it's just going going forward. I guess I can ask them. Um, but wow, like I'm like okay, well this like the um, whether there's always like an easy mode and then an advanced kind of thing. Both of them are, are redone. And the, the easy mode has a lot of, you know, uh, good quick toggles to get to. But then the, even the advanced mode, uh, there was a lot of explanations in it. It was laid out in a way that I was like, at least for me, made sense. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that's cool. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to, to give a shout out uh, because I, I, I think UFIs need to be better better yes for lack of a better term <laughs> uh i'm glad i'm glad that they took those resources and did that because i'm glad that finally it seems some motherboard makers are caring about that evga has always been the gold standard for me they're 
dark motherboards have amazing UEFIs and BIOS before that. Oh, huh. I'm glad to see it. I have not used an EVGA motherboard. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll Very expensive and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think if I had ever seen an EVGA UEFI, but hmm. anyway, uh, uh, and, and yeah, so just wanted to bring it up. Uh, and also this board is what I used to review uh 14th gen intel if you want to switch to that topic um Ooh, nice that, segue. that is the news of the day is that intel has an well as of yesterday intel announced 14th gen cpus uh and as of today the review embargo is up uh we have a video out for the 14900k which i uh had filmed for embargo with brad shoemaker of nextlander fame uh, he sat down with me, and, and it was a good discussion. Go watch it. We're not going to get into all the charts here. If you want to go watch the, the real deep discussion kind of stuff, uh, go go watch that video. Um, I actually do have all the numbers for the 14700K, uh, but uh, I just didn't get time to, to, to film it before embargo. So actually, we're going to film it this afternoon. Look for that video hopefully Thursday, may, maybe late tomorrow if I can edit it super quick. Uh, but those numbers were used by Elena. Uh, Elena wrote yep. up uh, a, a review on the website. Uh, there's a link to it in the description, so go go check it out over here. Um, and then I am going to start testing this week uh, the i5. So hopefully I'll have a video of it uh, next week uh, of the i5, and you know, kind of get the the full refresh. So, awesome. um, yeah. Uh, long story short, uh, the 14th gen is essentially Raptor Lake refresh. Uh, there was a lot of questions of like, oh man, you know, wh- what are the enhancements going to be? Is this going to be, you know, Meteor Lake, you know, uh, w- w- you know, anything like that? And it's like, mm, no, this is just a refresh. Obviously, th- what comes with it is kind of like a mixed bag. Uh, the fourteen. That was almost the headline that I used on the latest review this morning. Actually, a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so the fourteen seven hundred K is the only one that gets something that's actually quite interesting which is four extra e-cores mm. um the but then the whole rest of the the lineup gets essentially clock bumps as well uh so we're, we're talking about like 200 megahertz um and so with this 14900k i was easily seeing six gigahertz all day uh kind of like the 1300ks before it um and i was like okay that, that's cool um you know six gigahertz it's it's fast sounds fast yeah uh and it, so essentially TLDR on the the 14900K is that it's a a cheaper more efficient 13900KS. Mm. So uh I was seeing less power usage than just the normal 13900K let alone the 13900KS which I didn't actually uh put in the testing. Uh so it, um pound for pound the the benchmarks showed the the actual performance to be the same uh, multi-threaded workload as the 1300K, but uh, with a, a power savings on it, uh, and then a, a boost to 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 the the top uh, of the the single core, so you get a little bit of a single core bump. So, uh, but essentially, it's it's cheaper, more f- efficient. The 14700K, it definitely got a, a little clock bump, which helps in single-threaded. Uh, but man, those four extra E cores definitely make a difference where it's needed. Uh, in terms of multi-threaded applications, so of course things like Cinebench rendering, uh, but also you know even in applications like Premiere Pro uh, that can use those extra cores, definitely saw an uplift on it. Uh, I haven't tested the the um, the fourteen six hundred K, but essentially there's there's no extra E cores or anything like that, so I'm not expecting a ton of generational improvement. But 
at least it's out there. Um, Brad, reading over because you edited uh, the the article for the website. Um, reading, I did. Yeah, reading, reading. I saw all your wrong numbers, and I read a bunch of reviews. Watched a bunch of reviews. Oh, okay. Oh, and so so what what was your take on this fourteenth uh, gen? I guess. Uh, I think calling it fourteenth gen is very generous marketing on Intel's part. <laughs> Uh, this is 13th gen with an asterisk. Uh, it's better binned. Uh, they're essentially the same aside from the 14700K, which I'm glad they added those four extra e cores. Uh, because as your number show is your review show, if you haven't seen it, go watch his review. Uh, it does make a noticeable difference, like 17 to 20% in some creative multi threaded tasks. But other than that, it's like Here's a couple software features, like if motherboard makers want to support Wi-Fi 7 or Thunderbolt 5, they can with the module now. But this, to me, was a big disappointment on par with the 11th gen, which was also a big disappointment, I guess. So, yeah, yeah it's just it's just like it's, it's more of the same uh, with a different name. So prices have been starting to slide on 13th gen parts. It feels like this is more of the same to buy... Intel time so they can reset pricing, start getting the higher pricing again, and buy it time until Meteor Lake actually comes to desktop. This seems this is the last ever series to use the i branding for Core. It's going to Core Ultra, and honestly, I'm disappointed that this is the way that the you know legendary i series goes out. Just to be brutally honest, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Gordon Gordon has said a couple times that uh, it's the last of the the Core i nine interceptors, uh, and it's a car, <laughs> car reference, so it definitely goes over my head. But uh, that, that's what he likes to to call it. Um, so yeah, and I definitely uh, we'll get into the actual benchmarking uh, in in the next segment because there's a lot to talk about around there. But Gordon uh, helped me every step along the way of this. Uh, I'll say that. And so before we shot the video, I definitely got his feedback on what he saw from the numbers. Um, and he, he had a, he had a couple different takes on it. Uh, the first one is, yeah, it's, you know, it's essentially just a refresh. It is what it is. Right. Uh, but the, the, the other one, which is, is classic Gordon, uh, is, Hey, it's, it's got that new car smell. You can't you can't roll into 2024 <laughs> with 13th gen. That's like that's like two years old at that point. You got to have 14th gen. It's got to you know you got to roll out the new car smell so it 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 sounds like a a, a little a little newer, right? Um, yeah. But is it really a new car or is it just a reupholstered car? I, I mean, hey, you know what? I've seen plenty of cars. It's like, smell. yeah, it's it, it it's it's got that that uh, that new year tacked onto it, but it's only like just minor little changes here and I there. Know. So, <laughs> I mean, basically, it's like your Camry's the same. Your I don't even know what the base model is. Yaris Echo is the same, <laughs> but your Corolla got an update. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> uh, Elena. If we can get a little, a little more uh, gain from you, but the um and and welcome, glad to have you here. Hello, <laughs> does this help? Yes, it does help. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, like I'm of two minds, uh, on, on the actual thing. Like, like I think all of us, we are, are anxiously waiting for what comes from, uh, the new architecture, uh, coming up from Arrow Lake or, uh, it sounds like Meteor Lake is not going to come to a socketed desktop part. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. This is not that, but also at the same time, would you have rather have them not release this refresh? If, if I mean, they, they got some improvements off of it for sure. So would, would you rather have them just not release this? Like, I, like I, like I, I think like people, people are upset about the name and that it's 
it's called 14th gen okay whatever uh, I, I don't know i i'm still of the mind of like sh- who cares what it's called call it whatever you want as mm-hmm. long as it's not misleading uh like they're they're not saying this is anything more than a raptor like refresh like yes 14th gen you would think denotes like a major a major shift or a major like improvement but at the end of the day like i would rather have them if if they they got these enhancements i would rather have them put uh put it out there than not yeah i agree with that uh there have been times in the past where you know manufacturing processes get better binning gets better and companies have just i forget which one it was but i know it's happened at least twice until they and or amd have just said hey you know going forward the spec for our cpu is now 100 megahertz higher because we could do that <laughs> and i'd have been fine with that i totally understand from a business perspective why they're putting out 14th gen and it is good to get wi-fi 7 support it's good to get thunderbolt support it's not integrated so motherboard makers will have to choose to oh, yeah. add it yeah if you want to show that slide with the uh the, the specs uh on it not not the not the lineup but the other one uh yeah so i mean because Thunderbolt Five, I mean, I'm I'm excited for for it for an eGPU kind of uh, perspective, mm-hmm. which doesn't really make sense here on the desktop. Um, there's definitely reasons to to have it uh, available in there for sure. Uh, well, and also like, so along with this, we've seen a lot of the Z790 refresh boards, uh, yep. and there are, uh, there are definitely a lot of enhancements on the refresh boards. Like, there's reasons to look at those boards, uh, um, not not just the Gigabyte one that I used. Um, so there, there's definitely enhancements to be had there. Uh, but, but also like the memory controller. So I, I didn't mess around like trying to push the memory too high, uh, you know, yeah. for, for the, for the testing, I, I just left it at 6,000 on, on both platforms, but it's, you know, they are saying, Hey, you can push, uh, better clock speeds, uh, on this. So, you know, like there, there's definitely things to be had in this mm-hmm. and yes, it's not a huge generational leap that. I would love to see, of course, but also at the same time, I mean, like, uh, is, we're, we're just, Intel's not ready for it. To, you know, they, they, if Arrow Lake is still, who knows, a, a year away, then okay, cool, whatever, at least give us something. And yeah, I guess they could have just said, hey, you know what, 13th gen has been refreshed and everything in the line has this new, this new process in it. Uh, instead, they want to call it 14th gen. But yeah, from a business perspective, I can understand. Like, I'm sure they were just like, "Oh, this is great! Now we've got 14th gen. We got that new car smell." Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm not I'm not angry about this. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. There, there's some improvements. Uh, if if you weren't into it, then okay. It, I mean, if you're on 13th gen, I mean, e- even the i7. Like, if you're on a 13700K, yes, there's a difference. But like, I think this is this is either for people who are on Alder Lake that you know can can look to upgrade or if you're buying a new system then then who cares uh i don't think i would even upgrade from alder lake like 13th gen was a good difference from alder lake but to me this whole socket's like eh, it's you know it's all close enough personally but uh no i dig it like again memory controller timings all these other kinds of stuff those are good quality of life features to have so i'm glad those exist uh but yeah, I'm gonna put on my dad hat for a second. I'm not mad at it either. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, <okay>. just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan, you're also a dad. You you understand that uh, terminology? Uh, I'm trying to think if I use that. I, I think he's my son's too young to 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 like understand this. Why it's it's more like that's not okay. That's bad. <laughs> 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 that's... <laughs> 
yeah. disappointing. He's like, I can live with you being disappointed. <laughs> I mean, really, the I, the only thing that this could be a problem is if you if you trick consumers into thinking this is a, a big deal. But also, like, I don't know. I I don't like who who is. What's the I price mean, difference? None. Then what does it matter? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like. Yeah, yeah. I would go buy an older 13th gen part personally. Which hopefully, <laughs> I mean, you can save thirty to fifty save, bucks on them. Well, only if you get on sale, though, right? Like you wouldn't buy yeah. older gen if it was exactly no. the same price. No. And that's one thing. I don't know. Sorry, I did come late. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you guys already talked about the whole like fourteen nine hundred K versus thirteen nine hundred KS. A, a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was just the whole thing where it's like okay, like where you can basically say that. You have a chip that can hit six gigahertz, but for what, a hundred and thirty dollars less? I think so. Hundred and sixty, depending on what retailer you're at. Because yeah. actually, right now the street prices. When I looked last night, the street prices are above the launch price. So it's uh, for thirteen gen or thirty. Oh wow! For the thirteen hundred oh, KS. KS. Oh, okay. So it launched at seven hundred, but I was seeing it at retailers for seven thirty. Hmm. Um. So yeah, they were very rare ultra vin parts. That makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, like if you, so if you kind of want the the bragging rights, then you can get that for cheaper now. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if um, if, you, if you're a KS buyer, this is a more efficient and cheaper KS. So. And it has the newer car smell. Um, uh, I will say though, uh, just chime in with my own opinion on the whole like, should they have done this? Should they have not done this? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a bigger discussion, like a, a more um theoretical what if kind of discussion as opposed to the reality which is that uh they have they have shareholders they have you know a certain thing that they have to meet in terms of expectations so i get why they have to kind of keep the scheduling now right where we kind of expect desktop processors new desktop or actual new desktop processors in the fall something in the i guess the not spring late middle winter for laptops um but in a world where they weren't beholden to that, I, I think it's one of those things where, speaking as consumer, I think I would have been more than willing to wait for Meteor Lake desktop parts, right? Like, if they weren't beholden to this kind of schedule, and, you know, maybe mobile goes first, and then we see something, like, in spring for desktop for Meteor Lake, I would much prefer that because, I mean, one, it gives, in my opinion, it gives the teams a little bit more time to work on their products hopefully make making for a better product we get something that's a little more exciting to see on paper that we'd be enthusiastic to buy or at least talk about which is also great for mindshare kind of thing so on and so forth but unfortunately that's not how i guess that's not how capitalism works so <laughs> we're in this boat of uh it being launched as a rocket lake i sorry not rocket lake well i'm still really, really <laughs> tired raptor lake refresh yeah raptor lake refresh uh yeah i uh... And I said this in the the full review video too. Like, I'm sure they wish Arrow Lake uh, would be here, but uh, like like game development. Hey, you know what? Take your time. Whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like for me. Like, if you're if you're in the market to buy a CPU, there are already damn good options. It's not like I mean like like oh man wow my my, my CPU is just oh so slow. Like I I need the newest thing. What the hell like. You know, it's like I, I still feel like, hey, between what's already out there and the AMD side of things, we have a wealth of options on the CPU. Like, I feel like, like you know, we're in a good spot with CPUs already. Would it, you know, is there more to do? Yes, of course. But at the same time, 
Like, uh, like I don't feel like, oh man, we're in such a bad space and this sucks. Like, man, you know, we still don't have good CPUs. Uh, we're, I feel like generally we're in a good space. So, yeah, I think that's the saving grace for these that it, it, the 13900K was already very competitive with AMD's best. I mean, the X3D chips have a clear advantage in games that can use all that cash, but overall, in general, like it was very competitive and this makes them a little bit more so. So, it's not a bad part by any means. It's just more of the same. Yeah, more of the same. Um, you know, uh, and like I said, the the numbers for the i7 and the i9, we have, I'll make a video, but Elena wrote up the, the article for that, and then the i5 will come later, but I'm, I'm not expecting a ton. Um, and then, yeah, how they compare, how they compare to the, to AMD's offerings, which there is no refresh on the, the AMD side. Uh, that I know of coming up before the end of the year. Uh, and so, like, that landscape really hasn't changed too much. There are some applications that love uh, more cores, whether they're e-cores or not. There's some applications that like all the big P-cores on AMD. Uh, for gaming, sure, there are some games that like, you know, uh, high single-threaded, uh, and then there are some games that just love all that cash. Uh, so, for me, the recommendation is because I'm not just going to say, "Oh, don't buy it," you know. For me, I'm going to say, "Look at your workload. Mm. Look at look at what you do. Look at the benchmarks that are out there, and make a call. Like, okay, well, this is better. That's better. I should go with this. I should go with that." I don't think, as of right now, there's any clear winner of like, "Oh, always go this or always go that." Um, so it, it's yeah. just kind of what it's been. So yeah, it's it's been what we've what we've been recommending for a year because these are essentially the same parts, right? Right. Brett, I want to talk to you about how you tested power at some point. Would that be better after you talk about some benchmarks? Because that relates to the AMD thing to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, sure. I I don't have the the power charts loaded up. I guess. Um, That's fine. But yeah, I I do have a couple charts. Uh, this wouldn't be a full nerd uh, without without charts. Uh, but I'm not going to go too hog wild. If you want to go watch all the charts, go watch the the review video. Uh, but I I think the there's two charts, or I, I guess there's three charts that I loaded up. Uh, first one is the the single threaded uh, from Cinebench. Uh, that's kind of classically shows you uh the 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 you know the tie to single core performance. And yes, we do see a little bit of an uplift over 13th gen uh, because these are the higher bin parts. And yes, uh, they do lead over both AMD uh, options at the, at the top end. Uh, so if, if you're looking for that uh, kind of thing, then, then cool. Uh, also the, but also, I mean, that's, that's nothing new. Even, even the 13700 K you can see here, here on the chart is still turning in a better single core performance than, than any of the Ryzen chips that I have on here. It doesn't doesn't surprise me. Nothing new there, right? Um, if you want to switch over to uh, to multi-threaded, that, that's where things are, are a little different. The Once again, that advantage of the four extra E-cores on the, uh, the new i7 part definitely gets a big gain. But for that top-end core i9 part, uh, the motherboard that I had in here, and we can talk about power and things like that, the motherboard I had in here, uh, the Aorus the Pro X, uh, was essentially able to put that 13900K uh, to to the limit, just like the the 14900K. There was not really a, a benefit there, uh, but that that uh, top end Ryzen 9 7950X was able to keep up with both of them as well. Uh, so, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy uh, that, that I'm seeing in in the single or in the the Cinebench charts. Yeah, 
Makes sense. There's no IPC change. It's the same architecture. It, uh, any speed increases in single thread would be based solely off that clock speed bump. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can take that uh, that off. I mean, it, and this this kind of tracks once again with with all the other benchmarks that, that we ran. Nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, I will say the the just for for our end the Puget bench. Uh, Puget, yeah, that's how you said not Puget. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn. Puget, Puget, Puget bench. Uh, the they changed the way that Premiere Pro benchmark works. Mm. They no longer track real time editing performance which always gave a huge uplift for Intel chips because of that IGP. Mm-hmm. The playback. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, they they said in their documentation that, that they took those tests out because they weren't reliable enough, mm. that, that they, they had seen way too many like variances between runs, that they didn't feel like it was fair to test it like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Sure, I guess. But for me, that real-time playback is a huge part of editing. Like the the export score, which is pretty much now is just export scores, um, bugs me that we don't see anything like that. And I guess I could go back and just you know run the old version of Puget Bench, um, but I didn't. Uh, so I I have talked to those guys and I trust them in their integrity. So if they're saying they don't feel the data is reliable enough to continue maintaining it, I believe it. It just bums me out because, yeah, like, like I mean, apart from, like, just hands-on, like, just trying it out and, you know, uh, real-world testing, but we don't have, uh, at least on the video editing side, and this is just me being selfish, I, you know, like, I, I actually did like seeing that, that real-time performance. It's huge. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> so, so that was a bummer. Anyway, uh, so the the other side of the coin, if you want to show the, the gaming benchmarks, uh, I... I put all of them into to one chart uh, it's going to be a little bit hard to read <laughs> so hopefully hopefully you'll be able to pick out some stuff but i mean if if you can tell the reds and the blues you know uh then then you know it it, it pretty much makes sense with with what you're seeing there's certain games that just love that cache and it doesn't matter how many you know how much performance uplift intel can get on on these chips it's just that cache just uh, especially for like shadow of the tomb raider or uh, even Rainbow Six Siege, uh, definitely Watch Dogs Legion. I mean, just loves that cache. Uh, I talked about this in the video, in the review video, but I wish there was a way, and maybe this will be in the future, I wish there was a way to to be able to signify, oh, wow, this game coming out is going to love the cache. Uh, then you, you definitely are, are going to get a, a benefit from that. I feel like right now we're still kind of flying blind, where it's like, oh, you know, you have so many games coming out uh, in the future, should I buy Intel or should I buy AMD? Uh, I wish you could just look in the future and be like, okay, these <laughs> upcoming games that are, are on a specific engine, and we know that engine really loves this cash, but it's, it still feels like kind of a crap. I, I feel like that's like going down like the whole pre-ordering, because like you have no idea if the game is going to be good, and you're like, I'm going to buy the CPU based on a game that I have no idea if it's going to be good, because I think it might... <laughs> Well, you know? I mean, but that's that's the calculation that buyers have to make right now is like, hey, if, if I'm going to go Intel, I know that it's going to have higher clock speeds. So the games that like clock speeds are, are going to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I if I, you know, roll into an AMD system with 3D Vcash, uh, then, you know, you're going to get a huge benefit on some games, but you can't always know what games those are going to be um, in, in general. Oh, go ahead, Elena. I was going to say, that's true, but I think you have to know what kind of gamer you are. I mean, if you're playing everything, you just 
I don't know, you just, but in my opinion, maybe a sacrilegious one at that, you just kind of accept that you're going to just get kind of a, an average across the board, right? And you don't always know what the average is going to specifically look like because you won't know based on your taste exactly what each of those games are going to be demanding. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that becomes more important if you know you're playing a very specific title, a very specific game, or um, a very specific kind of game, then that's a consideration that you would make. But I think for most people, I think it's a one of those intellectual discussion points that we can talk a lot about and people have a lot to say. But I think in reality, it's one of those things that doesn't always matter as much as people think it will for the average I play a lot of different types of games kind of gamer which is a lot which I think is a decent number of people I mean that's me like I'm definitely a dabbler like like I, I, I've, I've had people give me crap in uh, in discord like how many games have you finished this year no like, commitment yeah Adam, no I, I I like to play a lot of different <laughs> games and if it just does not hold my attention through the end I'm like I have no problem being like nah, whatever okay move on to the next game uh so my hand gestures are not for you. This is for, I just want to say that Adam is following the game reviewer, the, the video game journalist method of getting through as many games as possible because there's literally not enough time to play every game now. There's just not. Yep. Yeah. Well, but also as I've gotten older, it is easier. Like I feel like when I was younger and you, you can take down the chart. Uh, I feel like when I was younger, it like I had that investment per game that I was like, Ooh, I'm really going to like, you know, I've got one game and I'm just going to dive into it, whether it's that great or not. But now I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I've got so many on my backlog or there's so many new games coming out. Like if it if it doesn't keep my attention, I have no problem being like, ah, eh, whatever. OK, I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a dedicated. I'm a, yeah, you, yeah, you're you're on the opposite I play end. for years. Yeah, you, you, yeah you, you're like, oh, there's an, something new coming out. I don't know. I'm still playing Payday 2. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's definitely different for everyone. And I feel like so. So for you. That equation, if you're going to look at a CPU, is is different than for me because for me, my my home gaming rig, I I did go with an X3D part because I'm like, okay, I think on average a lot of the the games that are going to benefit from the cache are going to outweigh uh, because I, I play a wider swath. But if you you know you're going to play specific games, then you have to make that choice of like, okay, the, those specific games that I play for years, are they going to benefit from the cache or are they not? You have to make that that equation up front. I mean, I think if for someone like me who plays the same game for years, it doesn't really matter. Because if I'm going to play the same game four years down the line, it's like, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it's like StarCraft. It's like, okay. It's like, is it really pushing it? Does it really matter? You know? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? You know? Uh, who knows? Hey, I will say on, on that note, like talk about specific genres. Uh Cash can improve all different kinds of games, but if you play open world games or like builder games or simulation games in particular, like those ones love it. So if you play those in particular, you would want to go for the V cash, but the V cash can help in places you wouldn't even expect it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then a friend of the show, Davina brought up Titanfall two and sorry, they don't say anything specifically other than they got it. Yes. Titanfall two. Love it. Awesome amazing. Game. Yeah. Amazing game. I will sing it praises all the time. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Uh, anyway, okay. So we do have a question, a pointed question from uh, a friend of the show, Ivan Romanazov, uh, said, uh, K- KS parts are great and everything, but what about the low to mid range? What What's going on in Elena's world? Are we in a good spot, Elena? Do you feel, uh, obviously I haven't run the, the i5 numbers, but um, what do you think about in the low mid range? Are we in a good spot there? 
I think that depends on what your definition of low to mid range is now currently and <laughs> what you define as a good spot. Um, I was actually just thinking to myself while, you know, you were discussing I seven, I nine, uh, about how and seeing some chatter, um, in the chat about how I five is like really all that you need. And I was thinking, man, today's I five is really like yesteryear's I seven. Um, which but, sounds like a good thing. Which which sounds like a good thing, right? But that also means that, I mean, what happens in that gap between where I3 sits and today's I5 parts sit, right? I mean, obviously, we're talking about K or unlocked parts, the K parts. So that's a little different than, you know, your 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 first step into the I5 range. So there is like that gulf already. Um I don't know. I think it's, I think we're fine, but I think also we've been so uh, accustomed to the latest and greatest being bigger and better and, you know, more badass, you know, every single time that it feels anticlimactic as a result. And I think there are other things that um, make it also feel less exciting. Just the fact that when you are building an entire PC, now there are other components like, like GPU, I guess, but like in general, there's just when you build out the whole machine now, it, it feels like, oh, I'm getting hit kind of hard over here. So it doesn't, it kind of permeates throughout the whole build as you're building it. It doesn't give you that feeling of like, yeah, I freaking scored because <laughs> I got all this great stuff for a low price because again, it's all, it's all psychology. So I think objectively we're in a fine spot. Um, we're, we'll probably talk about this at some point. I'm seeing already comments or questions in chat about, you know, uh, what generation to get, what generation they would get. Um, and I think that we're doing so well on how far we've advanced with a lot of our components that you can buy older and be really well set for a couple of years, if not four years, depending on the kinds of things that you do. I was about to say games. I'm like, that's not the only thing people do on these things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things that you do uh, with your PC. Well, and I, did, I, 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 th I think we're doing awesome. I mean, there, like we, I, we get I'm a lot a of cores, right? There's a lot of cores. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sorry, I feel like... I also... Sorry, go ahead. I, I just feel like, uh, like even on that low end, like you're still getting more cores than you probably even need, <laughs> right? Like, like we're not stuck down in the two core days or four core days, you know, like... It, it's definitely we have. I feel like we have enough cores, and I mean, sure, it's behind on the clock speeds, but still, I, f I feel like for for general use. But I think like, I feel like the the one area, and maybe this is where you uh, you're might be feeling that too is like that socketed integrated graphics performance, right? There's no there's no you know G part on the AMD side that has like awesome integrated graphics. Uh, you know, there's no enhancements to the the Intel graphics on this arrow lake is, is probably going to be a different equation uh but like on that real low end part where you're like hey you know what i'm going to get a cpu that has integrated graphics because i'm not going to get a discrete gpu at this point uh that is still kind of a place where it's like uh, we, we could use <laughs> we could use some stuff there right see that brings that brings up part of the reason why i feel like this is probably one of the most disappointing intel lineups ever like that 11th gen was really disappointing as well that's part of the reason why 12th gen was so great mm -hmm. Uh, but that at least had new media encoding blocks. It had new stuff like that. Like this is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, like, 
we don't talk about budget gaming so much anymore. Like if you're looking to, fortunately, we're past the pandemic years, and you actually can get a really good gaming experience getting the Ryzen three or Ryzen or Core i three, Core i five, and a two hundred ish dollar GPU these days. So I think we're doing great compared to what we've been doing the last few years. But uh, I'm gonna pull out the Gordon card and be like. Y'all are forgetting back in the days when you had to be like, all right, I need to shop very careful to make sure that this CPU will run with this game because Far Cry won't run on a CPU that only has two cores or one core or stuff like that. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's why I think we're doing great. If you buy any Ryzen 3 or Intel 3 parrot with an affordable GPU, you got a good solid budget game right I mean, I think there's definitely people who are trying to hit the both bang for their buck, right? But yeah, we're not in that situation anymore where it's just like, sorry, you can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> Those were bad days. <laughs> uh, I, I feel I like, lucky that I was not around for that. I was going to say, I like how my perspective is basically colored by like the post-apocalyptic world generation perspective we're like everything is great it's always been great so like everything being fine is disappointing and brad's like i've been through some stuff <laughs> this is uh-huh. fine it's like remember, there's a lot more white than beard than you speak. <laughs> uh anyway um a couple, couple more questions and, and then we can move on uh i have a question oh i please. have a question please so when you uh were setting up your testing rig this is kind of mix into your next part but i, I want to ask this question because mm-hmm. of i'm also testing a 14700k system right now uh did you manually set the pl1 and pl2 based off intel guidelines or did you just rock what was out of the box with that gigabyte board this is getting in, into the next uh, territory but yeah i mean it, it does pertain to the review so gordon and i went back and forth a lot on that elena and i t- talked about it as well um yeah so so gordon's take at least contemporarily uh is is to let let the motherboard push the limits to say hey put have it in auto mode note the pl1 to pl2 that it is putting it at uh but also not to go in and manually do it a lot a lot of the the configuration options we did uh were kind of under that guise of like hey a lot of people are gonna plop in a cpu you know have adequate cooling hopefully uh and then just just let a rip um I don't. I don't know too many people that actually would go in there and manually set the PL1, PL2, even though they are Intel recommendations. I totally get that. Um, so we try to we try to find a balance between what normal people would do realistically, but then also understanding that hey, the these are CPU benchmarks, and we need to kind of um, main, maintain and variables and things like that. And obviously, if you keep it in auto mode, you're taking out variables. So. Yep, that, that's what we settled on. Was was uh, right. auto? That's fair. That's the way I would probably do it too. Test things as they're out of the box. The reason I'm asking is because the system I'm testing, I'm I'm testing a Falcon Northwest rig, uh, frag box, because we keep promoting them and saying they're good, but haven't actually reviewed them. So I'm doing a non-sponsored review to see if they're good. Uh, I'm testing a 14700K system. That's what I asked for with an ASUS motherboard, and I'm seeing like surprisingly high uh, power draw. Not temperatures, but power draw. Mm. Not surprisingly high. It's about what I expected out of this. And uh, I think the PL2 is unlimited on that. But uh, yeah. And hearing you say that the 13900K was less power efficient really surprised me. Because that's not what I'm seeing in my thing. And I've noticed looking through back and forth through a couple of reviews today. Some of them are like, you know, the power's fine. It's about what you would expect out of this. And other ones are like, holy crap, this is like 
putting pedal to the metal to get these extra one or 200 megahertz worth of difference. So I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they definitely had in the reviewer's guide, they did talk uh, specifically about uh, like uh, power profiles. They kind of tweaked them. There was a performance one, which was uh, PL1, PL2 of uh, 253 watts uh, and an ICC max of, oh no. I don't, I don't remember it's, the numbers off the top of my we're, head. We're, we're getting awfully deep. Uh, I, I guess the point, I was just wondering about that because the point I think is that like motherboard makers are just letting things fly on these things. So if you're interested in power consumption, maybe look around at motherboard reviews because especially on the high end boards, like some of them are just, you know, more horsepower to get I, more horsepower. I mean, cause motherboard makers <laughs> want the biggest bar better. Right. Uh, so yeah. I, I can't fault them for that as long as it's not no. burning up CPUs. So, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I, I can understand why they're like, Oh, you know what? You go with our motherboard. We're going to make sure you're getting the most year out of your CPU. But also the, the other equation that we had in that is like, Hey, listen, if you were somebody who wanted to go in the BIOS and change manually change the, the power settings, or if you wanted to get an undervolt, I didn't try undervolting, but my 13900K uh, editing rig at home is undervolted and I, I got great results out of undervolting. I mean, there are things you can do uh, to to benefit from that. We didn't test it that way, but like, yeah. I, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I default to the, to the assumption if I were to build a system that the motherboard is going to try to push the limits of what it can do and it's your job to either be like oh okay i like that or i can i can scale things back or change things up there's definitely especially in this this gigabyte one they had they had switches to like different mo modes uh it defaulted to uh, this like they called it optimization mode uh but they also there was that extreme power profile thing where they called it unleashed it was a little toggle that's like unleashed. <laughs> uh, but they also had a little toggle, a quick, easy little toggle to disable E cores to run it at a, at a lower power, power profile. So, like, they tried to make it a little bit easier uh, to tweak the, those things. So, yeah, I, I guess what, because back in the day, the motherboard, you know, it was on you to go in and overclock your CPU, right? And like the motherboard mm -hmm. manufacturers were probably a little bit more safe with it. But now I, I feel like it's the opposite. I'm going to assume a motherboard is going to try to push the limits especially on the high-end motherboards, and then it's your job to kind of scale it back to where you want it. Yep. This all plays into why I think if I was building a new PC today, I think I would probably go EMD, even though these are, unless I have a specific workload that's, you know, very Intel skewing, uh, because these Ryzen 7000 series parts are, uh, like, tremendously power-efficient compared to these Raptor Lake and Raptor Lake refresh parts. Like, the amount of performance you can get at the end of the day is pretty similar, but they are really putting the pedal to the metal to get there. So if power efficiency is a concern for you, I would definitely go for AMD. Whether it's your power <laughs> bill or heat, you know, uh, build-up yeah. and dissipation, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you, you need a 360-millimeter radiator for the Core i9, so... <laughs> I, 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 so I, my 13900K, I have a two, 280 or 240, mm -hmm. one, one of those, but once again, I undervolted. And so it's, yep. it, but like, I, I actually don't feel like it's that bad. So, yeah. Um, anyway. sorry to jump in there with a pointed question of my own, but I heard you say that earlier and I was real curious and I didn't want to sidetrack the conversation. No, no, no. Well, because <laughs> in, in my testing, like a, a Gordon showed me how to do logging watt meters, you know, to measure the whole system. And then you, you, you 
measure the performance over time in, in Cinebench. We did single-threaded and multi-threaded. Uh, and in the testing I saw, with the, the the default auto settings on this Gigabyte board, um, it, it was pulling, what, 50 or 60 less watts to do the same amount oh. on multi-threaded workload. The, I'm sorry, the 14900K was pulling about 50 to 60 less watts to do the same number in Cinebench. Uh, multi-threaded all right so i mean it, it is more power efficient and once again i didn't test the ks part but i, I mm-hmm. knowing that the ks part even push it further so like the fact that yep. like this is definitely a better more efficient ks part um okay great so and then yeah, but, oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say that what brad is seeing also because you have have you you haven't run your power uh tests yet on the i7 have no. you Mm-mm. Yeah, because I think it also could, the wrinkle in that could also be, Brad, that because it has the additional cores, even though they're efficiency cores, that could change the equation a little bit uh, for what you're seeing. Yeah. So I do think it's odd that, like, it really seems to depend just on... It, de- it depends on your motherboard setup. settings. Yeah. The setup. Some other reviewers agree with Adam and some other ones, like Nantec was saying, hey, the thirteen. The fourteen nine hundred K uses as much electricity as a garbage disposal. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can so use a lot of power. Is that everyone needs to yeah. buy a WhatsApp meter or the equivalent <laughs> if they really are concerned about what their what yeah. their combination is doing? Yeah. But to me, that's a key advantage for Ryzen these days. The power efficiency of seven thousand series is huge. If you are like a lot of the world right now is having energy crises uh, in the U.S., it's lightened up a little bit. But I know in Europe and other parts, not so much. And even though performance is roughly the same with these 14900K and the top end Ryzen parts, the power efficiency are two different classes. That's yeah. just wanted to make that point clear. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is the part where Gordon would chime in and say that nobody pays attention to that. Who cares? Whatever, just let it go. I I agree a hundred (laughs) percent. If they had done more than add a hundred megahertz to it, (laughs) if it was a proper generation, I fully agree. (laughs) I get it. I just think it's like because I just think it's funny that as you were talking, like I could just hear that Mm -hmm. in the back of my head going. The phantom fourth chair. Mm -hmm. I, I I will say when I did talk to Gordon about this, he was a little like, oh, like when he when I showed him the first numbers that I ran, his was like. Oh, that's it. Because <laughs> he, he 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 fed in a little bit to the rumors that uh, that even that top end chip was going to have a increase like the i seven did, uh, but it, it wasn't wasn't the case. And he was just like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. A <laughs> uh, couple more questions here. Uh, uh, Mike Quinton, friend of the show, Mike Quinton, gave us a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Uh, and asks, uh, what's the formula for matching CPU with GPU and SSD in the? Oh, you know what? Actually. Let's hold this for the Q&A. Sorry, we'll come back to it. <laughs> um, so a uh, friend of the show, Board Eric, Board Erica, asked, uh, any any ideas on how high in RAM speed 14th gen can go versus 13th gen? So once again, I didn't do the testing, but Gigabyte, at least, claims on their, their Z790 refresh boards, like the one I have here, that they can hit 8266 and beyond. Uh, especially with with new BIOS updates, I have not tested it. I, I do have some RAM. The highest RAM that I have was um, uh, sent by Patriot. I do have eight thousand mega transfers per second. I've yet to plop that in there and kind of test it and, and see. But the memory memory controller is supposedly better in here. You you're definitely can get more generational uplift. Uh, how high that can go, I don't know yet. I have not tested that. Um, yeah, around eight thousand is what they're saying. 
I know uh, I was talking with Falcon Northwest when I was configuring the system. Uh, capacity makes a difference, too. Uh, the one I'm testing has, I think, 84 gigabytes clocked at 6,800, hmm. which is pretty damn good. Uh, but they said if you're looking for large capacities, they're having trouble with stability going over 7,000 with the other ones, which is hmm. why they do it at 6,800. So. Uh, but if you're seeing more reasonable amounts, I think. Well, higher though and the, this is already known but patriot had said also that the oh god i don't know how to uh, it's the non-binary numbering so the the sticks that aren't the usual uh, uh 8 16 32 yeah talking about the the sticks that are like 12 24 yeah uh, the weird ones yeah yeah the, the the weird numbering supposedly those can be uh pushed further and higher um so yeah i i, I don't know exactly why but i did hear that from patriot as well um, and then another question from a uh, friend of the show, Scorpio, Scorpio eight, nine, six, what is the point of the 14th gen release? How does it benefit Intel? Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but yeah, I, if I were to guess on the, the, the back end of just running a business, they needed something new out there in the channel to show, uh, that, Hey, you know, we've got this new car smell. Uh, and so, you know, ha- having something out there that is a, at least a little bit better, then, then the the previous generation, you know, benefits them to to kind of spur sales and and things like that. Um, is it the generational uplift that we would love? Not really, um, but yeah. you know, yeah. I, I I think, I mean, it, it, it will. I'm sure will spur sales. Once again, the the motherboard manufacturing has the Z790 refreshes, and there are definitely some good options in there to look at. Uh, so. Like there's, you know, there's stuff to look there. I, I wouldn't completely wave my hand and be like, eh, you know what? This is not nothing worth looking at. Yeah. There's uh there are good things that are in there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason for this, like higher up is uh, getting Wi-Fi seven and Thunderbolt five, even though it's. Sorry, I had to cough. <laughs> uh, even though it's not integrated, it is supported. So getting those features out there are good, especially Thunderbolt 5, now that USB-C, whatever the next one is, is coming out with similar-ish speeds, so that lets Intel get Thunderbolt 5 out there sooner. But the bigger thing to remember is that we're nerds. We're sitting here buying motherboards and components and talking about balancing out builds. The vast majority of Intel's customers are the big box, the Mm -hmm. big box guys, HPs and Dells and stuff like that. And those companies want to be able to have new parts out for Christmas, to have new parts out every year. Uh, Not a good point. I and I wouldn't be surprised if that's a large part of it. The worst, most egregious case of this to me was a few years back. I don't know if you guys remember. I know we have talked about it on here because we mocked it for a while. At one point, uh, AMD put out an OEM or big box only uh, RX 580X that never made it to uh, consumers because the only improvement in it was it was updated with the latest version of Radeon software. But that let them throw the X on there, and so they had a new card to throw out there for the holidays. <laughs> you know, business dealings... It makes a difference. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, we don't we don't work at those companies. We have no idea, but, the, yeah, there are definitely people in the background, you know, looking to, to try to push new stuff, uh, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. But sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, any other last thoughts on the actual reviews portion of it, Elena? Thank you for putting in all the work. Uh, Elena did the the writing the article, stayed up real late uh, to to get everything 
everything done. Uh, I just had to to run the benchmarks. So like, you, you did the hard work. Partially due to life. Well, it's partially due to life circumstances. So <laughs> you did all the you did the hard work, and I could have followed up much faster. Except the uh, universe didn't decide to go that way for me. <laughs> well, thank you. We, got we, it done though. Yeah, got it done. Thank you, Brad, for editing and and all that stuff. Um, okay. So let's move over to uh, my first CPU review. We obviously been talking about the, the the results of this, but I thought it'd be kind of a, a fun conversation to talk about uh, the fact that this is my first CPU review. Uh, I've obviously done testing of things in the past, and I even helped Brad uh, review uh, some Radeon cards recently as well. Sure so, did. Yeah, so I've, I've done testing, but, you know... Uh, it's definitely different when you think, oh, okay, well, this is, I mean, we work for a major publication, PC World, and to to be the person to run the numbers and, and do the official review is, uh, if if anything, a little a little scary. I don't know. I, I, lack of a better yeah. word, it was like intimidating. I, I, I don't know uh, exactly how to say it. Um, oh, God, I hope I don't mess this up, is to believe what ran through my head the first time I started testing graphics cards. <laughs> Right, because uh, it's not just my name on it. You know, I can mess something up and be like, "Oh, <laughs> stupid Adam, he messed it up." Uh, but also, this is PC World's name on it. Uh, you know, and and I I do take that important. But then also, I mean, this is this is Gordon. You know, like this is definitely CPU reviews uh, are are Gordon's thing. And and yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to mess up that that legacy either. So uh, a, a lot of pressure. I mean, luckily, luckily, even though Gordon is on medical leave, if if you don't know that. Uh, go go back and watch an uh, interview I did with him for the full nerd a, a couple weeks ago. He's on medical leave. We're not going to get into the details here. Um, but he did. Uh, I I did feel like at least stepping into this. Uh, you know, I mean, there there could have been a situation where we said, "Hey, you know what? Gordon's on medical leave. Let's just not review these parts." We could have done that, but I I, I decided, hey, you know what? Like I I want to try my hand at it. Uh, if anything, just just you know to to just try to to see how it is, but then also I knew going into it that I was going to have the full backing of of Gordon and all the stuff that he's learned. And I mean, I, I've learned a lot from watching him, but also like having him at my back made me feel a lot better at it. And of, of course, the rest of the team, Brad, Elena, uh, everybody, you know, was super. Um, when I when I initially brought up the idea, everyone was super um, cool about it uh, and supportive. Yeah. So excited i was excited for it yeah uh and then uh, so the the other end of it was i was like okay well now that i'm going to do this i'm going to reach out to intel and amd and let them know i'm filling in for gordon while he's on medical leave for the cpu reviews uh whatever is upcoming and you know i was also a little bit worried just to tell you the truth of that be like wait you why are, why are you doing this now nah, we're not going to sample you anything uh, but no, everyone on Intel and AMD side were, were super cool, provided me with, with uh, you know, hardware I needed and it extended past that. Uh, you know, of course, we have uh, awesome support from uh, people at Silverstone, but then I was uh, put in contact with Shannon Robb over at Patriot and he was like, hey, listen, I, you know, what, what do you need? Let me know what you need for your new test benches. Uh, we will set everything up uh, for you. And he, uh, he he sent over a lot of different RAM kits and things like that. So. I definitely appreciate that. Every everyone, uh, every step of the way was uh, very uh, supportive, and and I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, and and then even uh, on the back end, I was asking a lot of questions to like Steve from Gamers Nexus to be like, hey, how do you configure your stuff? Why do you run your stuff this way? I mean, Gordon and I have had a lot of these conversations for years and years, but I wanted to also get 
Steve's take on it, and I even pinged Ian, Dr. Ian Kutcher from Tech Tech Potato, uh, a number of times with real stupid questions, and he did not make fun of me, so uh, I appreciate that. Uh, There's no stupid questions, only stupid people. <laughs> I mean, I definitely had a lot of questions, though, because I knew going into it, I, I knew what I knew from Gordon, but there was plenty of stuff where either I wanted to see how other people did it, uh, or I wanted to double-check my thinking on something. And whether that was asking you or Elena and I had a, a couple meetings ahead of time too before the actual testing to be like, hey, is my head in the right place for this? Because uh, I, I will be honest, uh, Gordon and I have had disagreements on on certain testing methodologies or, or certain tests that are run. So you know, I, I, I it's not like I did exactly what Gordon uh, does and moving forward. And that's not to to say he did anything wrong. It's just we kind of have different uh, feelings on it, and so. I wanted to understand his position. I wanted to understand others' position. I wanted to understand my position uh, going forward with that testing. I mean, luckily, for the most part, everything played out the way that, that Gordon would have done anyway. Uh, but there were some slight variations here and there um, that I wanted to try out, just e even for my own benefit. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, all in all, it was it was an interesting first experience. And, yeah, I think the, the there was two main things that stressed me out that I did not expect to get stressed out. The The first one was settings, like con configuring the test benches before you even get to the desktops was like the hardest part because uh, even though we had talked for weeks about like, okay, how, how are we going to configure it? How are we going to run it? Like actually getting in there, configuring everything, making sure everything is working the way it needs to, but then making sure it's on parity with the other system was way more stressful than I expected. And and maybe this is just because it's my first time, but I was just like, man, if 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 I have something configured wrong, that negates all the the testing. So I'm double checking, triple checking, quadruple mm -hmm. checking, and just being like, and the, every time I would power cycle, like just going through and ch double checking everything, and just being like, oh my god, is it is it configured right? Is this the way I want it? Mm -hmm. Okay, is it set? Uh, <laughs> and that's where that mishmash of bio settings we were talking about earlier is really a pain in the butt because you can't have identical motherboards for every single one of those. Uh, so if you're using AS Rock on one and Gigabyte on another, the same setting could have two different names on the two different bios. Oh, my God. <laughs> and on different spots. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I will say um, Gigabyte, Gigabyte's new UEFI has, uh, has made a, a major improvement in my eyes, and I definitely appreciated it, where I didn't, I had some real struggle with struggles with that AS Rock board. I used the the X670E Tai Chi. AMD actually provided that motherboard. ASRock didn't. <clears throat> um, and that that UEFI, I was like ripping my hair out in certain spots and being like, okay, I don't fully understand this. Um, so yeah, ha having the the two uh, side by side and being like, okay, well, I know I want to do in here. How do I do in there? Uh, was was yeah, uh, definitely frustrating. The other one, the other frustrating part that I was just like, oh no this is going to set me, this is a huge deal is that in the course of getting in the parts, uh, we decided to go with gen five drives. I talked to Gordon about it and he was like, ah, you know, I might as well use the newest thing. Sure. Why not? And I was like, okay, cool. Why not use the newest thing? I got this gigabyte board in, put it, you know, the gen five drive in there. I was running the, the checklist and, uh, you know, making sure everything's configured, right. That Gordon had helped me kind of set up. And I noticed in GPUZ that the the PCI slot was running in by eight mode instead of by sixteen. I was like, okay, that's not right. I went through the the BIOS, you know, make, make sure everything was checked, and I was like, wait, everything's set correctly. What the hell? And then I, of course, went into the manual, and it said, hey, if you run that top uh, CPU 
uh, SSD slot in Gen 5 mode. It drops the uh, top PCIe slot into by 8 mode automatically. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, yep. okay. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, I have Gen 4 drives. I could just do... I had already done the Windows install, so I would have to burn time to do you know new Windows installs and reconfigure that. Uh, but instead, I talked to Gordon. He's like, hey, you know what? It's, it's not really going to make a difference for testing. Just drop it down to Gen 4 mode. So I had to actually go into the BIOS for both of them, drop them down to Gen 4 speeds. I double-checked it triple checked it you know I, I ran tests they were indeed running in gen 4 speeds so even though i had gen 5 drives in there they were running at gen 4 speeds and then yeah that that top pci slot ran it by 16 instead of by 8 um some sometime with hardware i i, I mean honestly so <laughs> I, I mentioned this to you earlier i i mentioned on the 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 review video too i actually feel like even though this launch is like eh, okay whatever it's just a you know a spec bump you know what to expect i actually appreciate that this was my first cpu review launch because the stakes were real low i've, I've been calling it baby's <laughs> first cpu uh test because i was like i was like listen if this was a brand new architecture like arrow lake and i not only did i have to configure stuff it was probably like beta bioses that are coming in hot you know and, and having to understand all the new architecture and and the new you know things to test and things like that this was literally like real low stakes uh you know and and even though i was like okay am i getting the right results does this match up with the what the reviewers guide is saying uh at the end of the day like it, it wasn't anything that was unknown and so is this your first time in getting to appreciate the glory of 15 different drivers in the week leading up to a review launch no, no i didn't that that was the thing <laughs> i didn't like the 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 gigabyte bios uh was from like a month ago and and I oh. yeah no it's like there was nothing new on that I mean because it doesn't matter like there was no new microcode updates yeah. and even if there was you know it was probably something minor there was no new version of Windows I did double check with the the Intel team they were using twenty two H two Windows eleven that that's what I went with too so it's not like we had a new Windows version that was gonna do anything there was no no major updates to thread director it was literally got just like real lucky yeah I got <laughs> yeah that's why I'm like hey this is like the easiest way for me to dip my toe into CPU reviews because yeah. it was it was much easier and I actually appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> so. What usually happens, just for a peek behind the curtain, is you get the chips. Usually, hopefully, a couple of weeks in advance, maybe a week. You do all your tests about a week before embargo. They go, oh hey, we just released all these new motherboard BIOSes, and here's a new driver for the the chip as well. So you get to redo all your numbers. And then three days beforehand, they're like, oh, we found a bug, so we had to update this. So you get to do it all once again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've yeah, definitely that's... been in that with Gordon before, where he's like, oh, hey, we're going to come in to do the review video. Uh, oh, crap. Nope. Uh, I need to push it back. I need to rerun numbers. <laughs> that's exactly why when uh, we were chatting a little bit before the show, Brad was kind of like, oh, it's too bad like basically like you did all this work but it's for you know such a quiet launch and adam's like no man this was this was great and in the background i'm like no i'm with adam on this because it is so it is so nice because it, because it's a refresh and we knew that it wasn't going to be that much of a difference like you don't have that situation where you're like okay well i got a 40 percent uplift on this is that because it's the new architecture or did i royally screw something up <laughs> like where where you're like 
the all the, the embargo list and you're just like reading everyone else's review like this because you just want to make sure that you weren't that one who just I've been doing it, it for up. years. I've been doing it for years and I do that every single embargo list. I spend the first hour <laughs> just checking everybody else. No, I I definitely did that too. I was just like I mean cuz at the end of the day, right? Like I'm doing this in, in somewhat of a vacuum, you know, and just being like, okay, well, I have the reviewer's guide numbers, you know, and at, at least as as long as it's lining up with that, Gordon was like, hey, you know what, you're, you're like, I definitely had depreciated numbers compared to what uh, was in the reviewer's guide, but a lot of it came down to the testing methodology, right? Like the, their, their Cinebench multi-threaded uh, scores were higher than mine, uh, not by a ton, but a little bit. But it, it was because they in default mode it doesn't run a ten minute loop and they don't do three you know uh, average a back to back three three runs so like I was like okay well my scores are probably depreciated because of that um, yep. so you know like things like that so it's like as long as you're in the ballpark as long as it's not just like oh my god what the hell are you you doing here um, it, there was actually one little thing that was interesting I did note this in the the video one of the, uh, Intel had a slide of like, hey, here are all the games and, and all the, you know, uplift that we're getting compared to 7950X3D. Uh, one of them was an Intel uh, uh, sponsored title, which was uh, Total War Warhammer 3. We had done Total War Troy, but Warhammer 3, I was like, oh, okay, you know what, I'm going to try this. And in Total War Warhammer 3, there's actually multiple benchmarks to run. Uh, and so so I was like, oh, interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple of these to see where they got that number. Because one of the benchmarks, the Intel won, but in the other benchmark, Intel like clocked <laughs> clocked AMD. So I was like, oh, okay, that was interesting to see. In the reviewer's guide, they showed Total War Warhammer Three having this huge uplift, but it was only in the one benchmark. I mean, how how that actually relates to performance, I I don't know. I don't play that game, but you know, like so little little things like that. Uh, if I would have just run that first benchmark. Uh, then I would have been like, okay, wait, why is my number so different than their number on this one? Uh, so a lot of it kind of came down to just testing methodology and things like that. Uh, so Adam, yes. since I know Gordon will watch this, what <laughs> talking about the differences between your benchmarking and his, what did he do wrong? <laughs> what did Gordon do wrong? Yeah. Gordon did nothing wrong. Gordon is a, is a saint. Uh, he did nothing wrong. No, no, and and it's really not a wrong right kind of thing because I mean other people like even though I consulted with Steve about things, even I there were things that like I was like, nah, okay, I understand why you do that, but I'm not going to do it that way. And that's not to say I know better than Steve or I know better better than Gordon. Yeah, it's just more it's just a different methodology. Uh, I mean, for me, like I definitely. And I had this discussion with um, uh, Craft Computing and uh, Jeff over Craft Computing and Paul from Paul's Hardware when I did that discussion at uh, LTX when we did that that live stream about benchmarking because obviously Jeff had put out a video uh, within the past couple months talking about like hey you know something about benchmarking is broken and I, I I tend to agree with him in a lot of ways is that benchmarking can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people and so for me personally like I. I, I like to, to do more real world, like the idea of like, hey, real world kind of thing. But also at the same time, and this is no fault to Gordon or anybody else, I also feel like we're kind of kind of stuck in a certain thinking around benchmarking. Like I, under, I understand why applications were run, sing, you know, you're, you're running a single application, you're, you're turning off all the background processes so that, you know, to, to get the, the purest number you can you know and that and that made sense when it was like two cores right and like 
you know, the example I always give is like back in the day, me and you, when we were editing off the cheese grater Mac pros, I, you know, you would set it in code for a video and then you'd be like, nope, don't touch it. Walk away. Uh, you know, go get some lunch, <laughs> come back. Right now I'm like, oh, I've got, I've got a, it's something in code in the background. I'm watching a YouTube video. I'm, you know, running Photoshop. I, I've got, you know, 10 different tabs open on Chrome, you know, so it's just like how people use computers are different. So I feel like benchmarking single applications also is just like only one look into how something is run. I don't have a good answer on like, like how to do uh, benchmarking, reliable, repeatable benchmarking with multiple applications. Uh, yep. But yeah, that's uh, Intel brought up that they used that for that term right when the first ten core, I think it was, came out, mega tasking, and that's kind of speaking to that. That's what it is, which is the reality for high end hardware these days. But it's a pain in the butt to try to figure out a way to try to measure that. <laughs> Right. So I, I, but I wish there were because I feel like, oh, okay, that's cool that I'm, you know, that I'm letting this, the CPU sit there and run a, a single threaded Cinebench and then I record the number at the end of that. But that's not how I would run a computer. Like yeah. that's only one way to look at it. Uh, so, you know, and it, once again, I'm not saying that's wrong of Gordon and it made sense, especially back in the day. But like I, I wish there were different ways to, to, to be able to test it in a repeatable way. Um, not that I did anything in in this review cycle to like try to to book that, but that's it's just an example. Well, now uh, you can, maybe now you can maybe follow up video, try to figure something out. That'd be right, fun, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, Elena, you had you had something? I'm just gonna say it's a little bit slightly tangential to, or I guess like a little veer off on the side road here, based on what you said. But I do think it's really interesting the discussion around benchmarks, right? And like, I think a lot, you're right that a lot of people try to frame it as like doing it right or doing it wrong um, and using that framework on situations where it's really about the approach, you know, um, when friends ask me about like how to, how to look at benchmark charts, I always say to them, you want to look for sources that explain their benchmarks, like why they chose to benchmark that way. And they can walk you through that so that you understand their process and their perspective, because that's, that's going to help you interpret what those numbers really mean, you know, and that allow you to actually compare different outlets or different coverage against each other, because otherwise you're just trying to mash the numbers next to each other. And they don't actually in context, they're actually different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting you bring up this point about how hard it is to measure, you know, what Brad would just call mega tasking, because one really interesting thing that I decided to pull out for the, the written article was the fact that, I mean, AI uh, features are becoming the the big talking point, kind of the buzz uh, term right now around these chips. And the, one of the things that I thought was super interesting was that they were saying their um, their APO feature, I forget what the acronym stands for right mm -hmm. now, but it's basically, it helps provide a boost. Like it basically dynamically analyzes your your components, your voltages, uh, I forget what else. And, and which application you're running. Yeah. And the application you're running, and then specifically, you know, tries to tune the performance so that you can like, you know, get a little bit more out of it. And they were saying in their in-house benchmarks, uh, I think it was a Metro Exodus got like a 16% boost. Mm -hmm. Another game got like a 13% boost. But the thing that they said about that was that it could not be measured by a benchmark. So if you ran a benchmark, you wouldn't pick that up. 
Well, yeah. uh, if you change the name of the ex- executable file, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't pick it wouldn't pick that up. So it's like how how are we going forward? How are we going to test these things? So it's making it's going to make it even more complicated in the future until we get that figured out. Uh, when you le- start looking at these benchmark charts, these single application benchmark charts, how that's going to apply to your daily, I, I think that I think that's personally very fascinating. Uh, about how we're, how that's going to inform the conversations we have around hardware launches and what performance really means. Especially, we've kind of started seeing a little bit of that when we start talking about things on like the GPU side with uh, like um, FSR and you know DLSS and mm-hmm. those kind of technologies already, right? And that's just like a simple switch on and off. So you can kind of already you can kind of measure that, but this is something else. So until like you can start getting it filtered into benchmarks and like what that actually means context wise, oh. Right. It's gonna be super interesting. Well, Sorry, I just I thought that was fascinating. I just kind of wanted to pull that in. Yeah. Well, and and now that I'm thinking about what Gordon does wrong, uh, <laughs> uh, so so uh, for we then this is something we talked about too, um, Elena. But before the actual review stuff was, uh, well, num- number one, Geekbench. I don't give two shits about Geekbench, <laughs> but Gordon loves Geekbench, and so I was like, all right, I'll run it for you. But I don't really care. It's uh, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, he calls it the official twench benchmark of uh, Twitter arguments. TM. So I, I did it. I did it for you, Gordon. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't give two craps. He, the coded message in that is that he enjoys arguing with Mac users way too much to give up that benchmark. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and then uh, another example is like uh, browser performance. Like a web expert was the one I did. If you're on a Core i nine. Are, are, are you are you really yeah are you really like oh man crap this this core i9 is doing way better than this ryzen 9 in in uh in, in google that chrome one. performance <laughs> like yeah. i mean outlook's one thing but like like chrome performance like yeah i'm just like okay i mean so we'd actually talked Web about outlook yeah 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 exactly uh we'd actually talked about okay what if benchmarks scaled depending on the the range right like hey for an i3 and an i5 user yeah you probably care more about how chrome is going to run than an i9 because at the end of the day i9 it better run chrome really well yeah <laughs> uh but at on the other end of the scale uh you if, if you're an i3 and i5 user you're probably already going to know that uh blender or not blender, you know v-ray or or uh, you know, like heavy multi-threaded application performance is going to be at a deficit uh, where at the i9, if you're buying into that, you you want to know because you're trying to push the 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 top end. So, you, you know, and Gordon's like, no, you know, like you should do, you know, or I, I don't want to speak for him. Last time we talked about it, it was like, oh, no, you know, like uh, it makes sense to have all the benchmarks for everything so that you can kind of see how it scales. But some of it, I'm just like, eh, or even like Photoshop, yeah. very lightly threaded I mean, yes, I do care to see the performance, but like, man, I, I bet, you know, when I get around to the i5, it's just like, oh, okay, well, it's still damn snappy. I'm okay. not. <laughs> I actually use that kind of methodology for graphic starts, and I have done that in the past. Uh, more so for the lower end ones. Uh, there's no point in trying to run, even with ultra graphics on a lot of those. Uh, it's been quite a bit since we've seen sub $200 cards, although Intel did just launch one, the ARC A580. 580, yeah which I only just got in yesterday, so uh, we'll have a review of that soon. But, uh, like, if you're testing a $160 graphics card, like, there are times I'm like, all right, I can't use my standard benchmark suite. I could use that for down to, like, 1060 level, but when I'm reviewing the 6500 XT, the Radeon 6500 XT, I'm like, all right, let's check out esports games. Let's set the settings to medium, because 
that's what's tangible and relevant to that buying class, I think. So I am actually all for that. <laughs> and then on the flip side, somewhere where, I mean, I, I've talked about this before, I, I tend to degree, disagree with a lot of the, the benchmarkers out there. Um, unless there's something like very, like, I, I don't know, I gaming benchmarks on a CPU, I could care less. Like, like yes, it matters. And yes, it is good to look into, but the majority of CPU testing out there, uh, you know, at least on YouTube, is like gaming benchmarks. And I'm like, and it's all tested, you know, 1080p or even sometimes 720p. And I get that, that it's, you know, to, to take the GPU out of the equation and bottleneck the CPU. That's not how I play games. You know, like I, like I care more about GPU. And yes, the CPU matters. But as long, you know, like, like, like an i9... Face, audio listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you only could see Brad's face right now. <laughs> I get. I'm listening. I'm listening. Like, so I, I did. I did run. I did run some numbers, and I've seen numbers before too for like, like 4K gaming. Mm-hmm. 4K gaming. Your who cares for the CPU? I mean, it matters. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. definitely a difference between an i3 and an i9, but at the same time, I'm not going to make a CPU decision based purely just off gaming. I'm going to get the best that I can for the budget and try to put as much money in the GPU as I can or in, into the monitor, you know, depending on the fresh rate and things like that. But it's like running running these benchmarks at 1080p, you know, with a 4090, like whatever, it, it crushed. It crushed, every, you know, I, like. I could go very deep down that rabbit hole about why it's a good idea to do that, but I will not. Well, no, no, it, it is a good idea, and that's that's why I did it. Like for me, it was just more like, do you, you know, what do you, what do you see here? It, it, did I configure anything wrong to tell you the truth? Actually, yeah. the gaming benchmarks were usually the first things I ran just to make sure like, okay, you know, is anything like a, really a problem here? But for mm-hmm. the most part, I'm like, you know, like if you're caring that much about a CPU for, if you're just doing a gaming build, you're doing it wrong. You should, you know, like that, like CPU for me, like is like down the tier list. <laughs> so it's it's Adam the buyer versus Adam the reviewer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for reviewing, I get it. I tested most of the stuff at 1080p. You know, I, I tried to, 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 you know, take the GPU out of the equation and bottleneck the CPU. I totally get it. But that's not how I play games. Like that, I don't, I don't feel like that's real world at all. And that's, that's something that, that Jeff kind of got into in his video for, with craft computing is like, hey, you know, like. Like, is it better to show gaming performance that is actually accurate or is it better to, you know, have these like constrained benchmarks to show generational improvements, even though you're, you're not going to feel it? Like technically the 14900K I mean, got 10, 10 more frames than uh, the 13900K in, in uh, um, Rainbow, uh, Ra- Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow but like, Six yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you pointed out, that's 10 frames out of like 600 frames. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, you're right. You know what? Oh man, that's that's it is bigger bar better. I totally get that, but who gives a damn? <laughs> Here's the thing though. Um okay, first of all, I just want to continue the narration and then for a while Brad had like all right, I'm understanding, Dad, but I may need to correct you a little bit, uh, yeah. Dad Face, which was great. Um but also I I didn't realize that maybe so Gordon is uh is a really good mentor and he has mentored at least two of us in this conversation. <laughs> and I don't know if maybe I was very influenced by that, but I do see a, val- a valid point to the whole idea of just having that data. Oh, for right? sure. Because, yeah, yeah. because the thing is that if you are literally, if you are comparing two generations of chips against each other, 
um, there's the real world application. But if you're going to make a call on like definitively, this chip is X number amount so much better than this other chip. It is slightly better. It, even if it's slightly better, it is much better. It is incredibly, you know, this is incredible, right? Like if you are, if you're, even if you're making some kind of judgment call, you want to have something solid at your back. You want to have that context. If you have more time and you don't mind sacrificing your nights and your weekends, it is sometimes really cool just like for the sake of it to be able to say, okay, like generation, generation, your I3 to your I9 had this delta of performance in these applications. And now gener generation, generation, I can say that for the current one that just launched, this is the delta that we're now seeing between these two, be between these two parts of the spectrum. Like, it's actually really cool to be able to say, talk about that and say that just like, Definitely. you know, like if you get really into baseball or racing cars or, you know, whatever your activity is, it's always kind of fun to talk about things like that granular. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see your point though. I, I'm a little bit like, I think I'm between the two camps here because it's like on the other side, I am the person that's like, yo, it's like 10 frames a second when you're already in the 600 frames per second range. Okay. So like, <laughs> let's just keep this in perspective, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to go too far into this, <laughs> but I'm a firm believer. I'm not a firm believer, but I'm totally a-okay with showing 1440p or 4k performance or whatever in a review. If you have the time, if you're another reviewer, if you're down for that, you want to show whatever, what people are really playing at, that's cool. Uh, the the thing that started years ago, the whole, why are people reviewing things like this, was actually an AMD PR campaign. When first gen Ryzen first came out, they're like, here's our numbers, here's our numbers in 4K and 1440p. No, we're not showing you 1080p. Who would ever do this kind of stuff? And that's when all the forums and Twitter and everything started going like, yeah, why the heck are we testing at 1080p medium still? Why don't we test at 4K or Ultra? And he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly why it was wrong, because I upgraded from a 3570K to the first-gen Ryzen, and if you dialed it back to 1080p and you ran at those high frame rates, you would see that the Ryzen system had significantly less scaled performance than, like, say, I think it was the 7700K out at the time. So if you bought those two things based off of 1440p or 4K gaming, but then you hold on to that system for five or seven years, like a bunch of people do. Five years down the line, when you're playing at 1080p, you'll have a noticeably worse experience on that Ryzen system than you would have had on the Intel system. Mm. So that's why Definitely. it's important. No, I totally but my question is, since this is your first time, I got to get out of here in like five, ten minutes. Yeah, sorry. So since this is your first time uh, on this side of the test bench. Was there any part of the process that you found particularly like surprising or illuminating? Like, hey, I'm surprised it worked like that, as opposed to reading reviews. <sighs> um, no, I, 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 not anything different than I already mentioned. I guess I, I mean, like I said, luckily before I was already kind of ingrained in Gordon's review process, except for yeah. that, or except <laughs> for that early stages, right? Like that's that's the part, like. You know, because you typically it'd be like Gordon be like, oh, hey, uh, this is coming out. Let, let you know, you know, uh, we're already getting pre-brief for this. Oh, hey, we got parts. I'm going to start configuring, you know. So, I mean, he we, we would be in lockstep about the information, you know, in the timelines. Yeah. It'd be like, OK, cool. When's the embargo? When we should do the video? You know, and, and then but then once he started running the reviews, that's when we would talk more deeply about, OK, what are you finding? OK, how are we going to frame the review? How are we going to uh, shoot it? Uh, you know, what benchmarks are you running? Um, 
you know, that, that kind of stuff. So like, you know, I, like I understood that part of it, but I never really like was there for the part of setting stuff up and configuring it and that stuff. And that, that's the part that was more stressful for me. And maybe that's because I had never been through that, uh, as well. So yeah, no, I, other than that, like the actual benchmark, I mean, I think, and I mean, Gordon, Gordon, I mean, I think everybody feels this too on, on the reviewer side is like, I mean, I wish I had more time. Like I, yeah. I would have I loved to run like, like, you know, 200 more things. Right. You know, but like for me, it was like, okay, well, what do I want to run in the time that I had? What makes sense to at least look holistically, you know, between uh, heavy rendering applications, some light productivity stuff and gaming, you know, what, what's the right amount, right? We, we, I, yep. I know we had talked about that too. Like, you know, yep. what's the right amount? Is it, is it 12 benchmarks? Is it 20 benchmarks? Is it 50 benchmarks? So, you know, wh- where can you make that call of like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is the narrative that, that I'm seeing. This is who it's for, uh, that kind of stuff, you know? So definitely went back and forth on that. I, I feel like in the time that I was allotted, you know, like I got, I got enough, mm-hmm. enough information there to, to, to make a call. Luckily, this is just a refresh part. So, you know, it was kind of easier to make that call. So, you know, that, but then on the other end of it, uh, I, I, I wanted to try out the I seven part and I do want to get to the I five part. And I will say that that's something, you know, it, um, I think it's, it's very obvious. Gordon loves the top end stuff. He loves drag racing, you know, and when it comes to testing something else down the stack, we've always talked about it. And he's just like, eh, you know, I, I just spent two weeks of my life with no sleep, uh, you know, uh, drag racing this part. So getting the other parts, yeah, well, maybe we'll get to it. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but for this one, I was like, oh, no, I definitely want to look at the whole stack and see what the whole stack looks like. And especially, obviously, the i7 is, you know, kind of the different parts. So I wanted to get there. So it was, I, you know, I remember I had this conversation with Elena too. I was like, okay, well, you know, this is what I have so far of the I nine. I could either go back and test the Alder Lake part to have that context in there, or I can run more benchmarks, uh, you know, f- for the parts that I have, or I can call it there and move on to the I seven testing, you know? And so yep. you have to, you have to make that time determination and uh, yeah. And so that was definitely like a, Oh crap. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, it never gets easier. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah. I guess that that was that was different than than what Gordon you know has done or, or you know what what I've done in the past too. I mean, I guess it, it, we ran into it a little bit with with the the Radeon cards that I tested for you. It's like okay, well, yep. how, how you know how, how many can I get in the time that I have to give you the information so that you can write the review. Uh, and I would have loved to do more, you know, and here's the other thing too, you know, I actually, I didn't put it out in the video, but like, especially the people who are watching right now, like, I definitely want to put it out to you. Like what benchmarks would you like to see? You know, cause there's certain benchmarks that I'm like, I, I, I leaned heavily into the content creation stuff. Cause that's where my mind's at. And I feel like that's where you can see huge value for CPU stuff where gaming like, eh, you know the value but like i feel like you definitely see a big difference in like a, a v-ray workload right um for the top end parts you know so like but i like i do love the idea of putting it out there and be like okay you know did you find this beneficial i know i found it beneficial in a certain way but what did you find it beneficial or what you know what would you like to see either added or replaced or in different configuration not not that we're going to do it but i would like to try to get that feedback to kind of you know, yeah. uh, integrate that. I, I know we have gotten feedback of like, oh man, I love that you do uh, Lightroom Classic testing because nobody really covers that. 
and I mean, as a photographer, I I love that as well. So like, you know, and Gordon lo- loves it too. I mean, he's been doing it for years. Um, so like, yeah. And also, I mean, to tell you uh, just even bigger picture, I, I want it to be different too. Cause it's like, Hey, there's yeah. going to be a ton of YouTube videos and articles testing this stuff. And yes, it's good to get multiple results of the same test to make sure that it's valid and, you know, to see how, uh, how the testing methodologies kind of affect things too. But also like, is there, is there opportunity to do certain things that other people aren't doing? Uh, which I, yep. I will say at least on YouTube, like I said, a lot of people go down the, the, the gaming rabbit hole for CPU testing and I'm like, okay, cool. You go do that. I'm going to lean more heavily in content creation stuff. Um, so I like it. I like it. Okay. I have one final question before yep. I got to go. Yep. Did you like it? Did you enjoy the process? <laughs> Did I like it? I mean, <laughs> there's hesitation. There is. I, I don't think there was any point where I was just like, oh man, I am having so much fun right now. <laughs> so like, I, yeah. I, you it, know, you know, the metric we needed uh, was to take your blood pressure every day and see. <laughs> Not even just every day, but like every hour as he was in the middle of the benchmarking. True, yeah. true. How, 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 what's your general feeling now that you've done it? I mean, if anything, like I just, I felt... I, I, I feel just like like happy that I had this opportunity to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like like do I wish that Gordon was still here doing it and you know and he wasn't having to be on medical leave? Yes, I yeah. would much rather have had that. But also at the same time, I do feel uh, you know, uh, just, you know, lucky to be given this opportunity, lucky to have the people on the team, you know, and, and even the vendors who who uh, you know supported me to be able to do this like this is one thing if i was just on youtube and and by myself and was like okay cool i'm gonna review some cpus once again like i i do feel the weight of the situation of you know we work at a major publication that's been around for decades to to be the person to come out and put my name on a cpu review like is a big deal and I, i i take that very seriously uh and so like like i just i feel honored to have that that opportunity to do that um especially you know like I, I'm, I'm a video guy right i like this is not what i got into to doing right you like a roundabout you, way yeah. you know like you know like i don't you know I, I doubt there's too many people who are like me that you know are like started off in video production and were like i i'm getting into hardware reviewing <laughs> or even you coming to joining here what five years five years ago no no you eight, eight not, years yeah man. you did not predict that i, yeah, d- I did years, not yeah. predict yeah that for <laughs> sure but like i, I feel lucky to, to, to be able to step in this role and try it and do it. And like, I definitely have a, 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 an appreciation for it, but I, yeah, I feel I, I don't know, honored is probably the, the best term. Like, so yeah, there, there was no point where I was just like, oh man, this is so fun. I'm having so much fun, but it was just like, oh man, wow. Like I, I feel like this is important. This is, this is cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yes, no, I, I'm grateful that I did it. I love it. And I, I do want to do more testing because I, I like, I've always been somebody who likes, understanding mm. testing i'm not i haven't been doing this as long as gordon i'm and i'm no gordon when it comes to to that expertise and that level of knowledge like i'm definitely not the smartest person in the room in a lot of a lot of ways but like i love getting there and i do love asking those questions and trying different things and and, and pushing it and that kind of stuff so uh so yeah awesome that was a fantastic <laughs> answer that is more than i was looking for in a great way you're right not many people get an opportunity to do this and i feel the same you know weight and importance on it when i do the same thing uh and you're right not many people get a chance to do stuff like this 
but you freaking nailed it, dude. You're a badass. That's how you should be feeling. So well, I got to get out of here, you. but you kicked butt. So <laughs> thank, you, Brad. thank you for your help Glad and you your, uh, your appreciation. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Adios, show. Thanks, Brad. We'll Bye, see you Dad. later. Um, Elena, you know, so, so people know like you just, if I didn't make it clear, uh, I was the run one doing the, the, the benchmark runs and configuration stuff. So the actual hardware testing, but I was in lockstep with Elena. Elena took that information, helped me contextualize it, uh, for the review that I did, but also took the information and, and contextualize it in your own way, uh, for the written article. So definitely go read that over on pcworld.com. Um, what what was what was, uh, any anything to note from for from that kind of process of of working together uh in in Dan's words what did Gordon do wrong that I did better i'm just kidding no <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding no that, that's a joke <laughs> but yeah so i mean like like being able to to work like that do you actually wish that you were the one doing the testing is it hard cuz i i imagine like it would be hard for me in my mind to be like, Oh, somebody else did the testing and I'm just looking at the raw numbers and having to make a determination. Cause, I cause mean, I've never had to do that. It's, it's harder in some ways because like when you have a question, you can't just go and rerun, rerun the numbers or go back and look at the data, like the raw data, not what's entered into a spreadsheet yourself. Right. Like there's something about not being hands-on that's, um, it's a little strange when you're used to being hands-on, but this whole time we've been talking about, you know, first benchmarking experiences. I, I had this like working analogy in the back of my head, which I think actually applies to this situation as well. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd like to propose is that everybody imagine benchmarking, like learning how to drive. Right. So like you grew up playing racing games, maybe like you've been a passenger in a car for like how many years of your life? So you're like, I got this. Like, I know what it's like to drive a car. This is going to be easy. And you get in the car in the first time, like hopefully your parent or your whoever is showing you how to drive takes you on to like, at least if you live in San Francisco, <laughs> hopefully they take you into like some kind of quiet park you know, so that you don't have to deal with San Francisco, big city traffic. The first time you get into this, this two ton vehicle, you get in the car and they're like, okay, so turn on the ignition, do this, do that. And they're like, okay, so now that you're driving, like you got to be checking all these points. Did you see that pedestrian? Oh, that person's about to merge into you. And you're like, holy crap. Like <laughs> I'm going to kill somebody, right? Like you're just, you're freaking out. At least I was, cause it's just so much more sensory input than you expect to get. And like how you were talking earlier about how, like you're checking your numbers, like four, five, six, ten 10 times, because you're just so paranoid that something's about to go off the rails. That was kind of my experience. The first time I was learning to drive. Right. So eventually you get used to it you're just like you get in the car you don't think about it but you're like man i hate having to deal with morning traffic every day this sucks like i just i would love to just get on a bus and have someone drive me to work instead of having to do this right so i and then you get to the point where somebody someday is like hey you know what like i want to learn how to drive i want to take i want to get my practice in and they're like i'll take you to the grocery store and you're like okay that's i guess I'll, that's, that's okay you know what? I don't got to drive. That's pretty good. You get in the car and you're like, you seem to have a handle on this. Oh, like, don't forget to like, you know, check over your shoulder when you're like, you know, flipping a U-turn in a four-way intersection. <laughs> you don't want to get accidentally T-boned. But otherwise, you're doing great. This is fantastic. 
So maybe I would maybe I wouldn't drive the way that this this person is, but they're doing a fine job. And you know what? In that time, I can be on my phone doing my other things and, you know, writing up a summary report for something. And it's great. So <laughs> just a different experience. That's all. Okay. I don't know if that analogy helps. No, actually, I do. I do like that analogy. Uh, and it actually makes sense to me, too, because recently I, I went back to writing public transit coming into work because I, I was like, I was, I was driving into work and without Gordon and without Willis in the car, I was just like, well, sure, I'm listening to podcasts, but man, is you, you're having to pay attention, you know, to a certain degree, even if you're just stuck in traffic, that I'm like, oh, I'm on the bus. I can just be on my phone. I can do whatever. I look up out the window. I'm like, oh my God, we're already, almost there already. Oh, this is great. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much where it's like, yeah. no, I'm I, just I like... I'm doing my other stuff for the website. Uh, and you're like, you just check in. You're like, hey, I have a question about this. Or like, here are some charts. And I'm like, great. You know, like, I didn't have to do a thing. You know, I get I get a boatload of amazing photographs from you to use. And I'm like, this is even Dan. better. Yeah. I don't, oh, it's Dan? Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have to do anything that normally I'd be sweating about. Because like, normally it's like, I got to get all these charts done. I have to like... I have to make sure like that there's no typos in them because that always, oh my God, that always happens. It's, it's inevitable. I have been editing for years and years and years. And when you're in this mode, typos are just a thing and you catch it on like third pass and you're like, oh, again. Well, actually, and then, so you're doing that. You're like, oh, I need an, I need this image to like go in this spot on my article. Okay. I need to go set up the the light boxes so that I can get a good shot of this product. And you're just like, do all this other stuff. And this is just handed to you on a tray, man. Like I don't have, like, honestly, you get all the major props because you did most of the work. I'm the one who's just following behind you going, okay, like how would I, how would I reconstitute this for our website audience? <laughs> Which is, you know, it's, it's a, it's own job, but it's, you know, it's not like having to do the blood, sweat and tears part of it. Yeah. Well, it, it it's funny because for me, the idea of writing, I'm like, man, if I had to sit down and write this, like, I'm like that would have been the worst part of the whole experience. So for me, I'm like, you had the hard part. <laughs> but then somebody asked earlier, or somebody said earlier, oh, it's probably hard to to shoot the video and we're like worry about sh- shooting and editing the video and the benchmarking stuff. And I was like, actually, no, that was the easy part, like because I already know what it takes to shoot and edit a video. Uh, you know what I mean? So for me, that was the easy part. I was like, okay, well, I got to make sure I have this and that, and I, you know. Uh, as I was doing some benchmark runs, I, I got some B-roll uh, of the testing systems, you know, and, and then shooting the video, like whatever, and even yeah, sitting down and I editing. Saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw like the pan over. Yeah. Like I was like, "Ooh, we getting fancy? I like it." Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I know what I need, so I'm going to do this in between benchmark mark runs." So that was actually the easy part. But yeah, no. Speaking of the charts, I, I man. Yeah, I, I don't think I had any typos in the charts, and luckily, I think I was flagged with a couple of like formatting issues like oh man i had some of the amd charts that were like blue instead of red you know so whatever but like like if anything i was like okay well how do i make the most simple easy to understand charts like the that at least you know get the information out there and it's not effed up <laughs> where i wish i could have interesting charts i, I look at like uh like like steve's charts like sexier know? charts yeah like i wish i had animated charts or like something mm, that just yeah. wasn't like oh hey this is literally just animated a basic template charts. right you know what i mean like so you know i'm like yeah the charts like at least i got to a spot where i was like okay well this is easy to make and it's accurate <laughs> and it's not pretty but at least 
it says the information uh that but that's what i wish i could have 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 better but that's also like yeah i, yeah, I don't know how to do that <laughs> so there there are times when i like look at some of the youtuber uh videos for reviews and their charts and i sit there and i think to myself wow there is you know how many hundreds of thousands of viewers who have no idea how much extra work this particular channel put into those charts for you because I know like it's like when I it's like you know when you know something especially behind the scenes you can immediately get a gauge for how much time and effort took somebody Mm -hmm. so I know this and I'm like wow they went the extra mile for you and here you are in the comments being a terrible human being because they tested at 1080p instead of 1440p (laughs) you should re-examine your life priorities (laughs) like that's basically what happens when I'm looking at this and I was just I was just thinking as you were talking about you know making these charts fancier somehow animated and I was just thinking like oh Ooh, like it has just so much extra production time. Yeah. Although I wouldn't be opposed to someone creating a chart where like if it's just one of the one of those times where it's a architecture change that creates a beatdown where it just like you just see the bar like just keep going at the end you just get the the halo uh grunt birthday party like <laughs> Oh, that would be funny. That would be funny. Uh I I do like that. Uh and then uh but friend friend of the show Ziv I think they they might have been the one that showed this to me on Discord, but you can you can use Chat GPT to make your charts, and the, he he shared yeah, and I was like, well, I mean, but... we we don't like uh, as a as official um, uh, editorial policy, like that's not supported by by you know what we do right now. Uh, but I was like, oh man, that would be that would be great to be like, hey, here's but... all the information, Chat GPT, you make me a nice chart, make it sexier, was... yeah. <laughs> If there was a localized version of that, that would be possible. But the big problem with something like that is that you are trusting confidential information to a third party. So that's a big problem. Well, and also um, who owns the rights of the chart too? Like that's uh, yeah, yeah, that so, too. So that. that's why, like, if you could license, like, like Photoshop or something, if you could license <laughs> something that used AI to create those charts dynamically, great. But I will tell you, in the early stages, it's probably going to be one of those things where, like. You've got three hours before you have to submit this to somebody. You've got 50 minutes before you have to submit this to somebody. <laughs> and you're like, okay, chart. Or sorry. Okay, program. Create my chart. And it's like, why is that blue? Like, <laughs> no, that needs red. to be red. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, like, change it to red. And you spend, like, the 49 of those 50 minutes before you're, like, on just trying to get it to turn red. And you're just like... Oh my God! How is this saving me time? Because <laughs> like, they have there's a bug or like there's just like there isn't that feature implemented yet because it's rudimentary. So like when I hear that, I'm like, that sounds great, but there's a reason why I'm still using Excel for my charts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that that was that was a review. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Still have some more testing now to do. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Now now do it again. Uh, I I will say. Um, yeah, I, I feel like desktop CPUs are different than laptop CPUs. I am not excited to do anything around laptop stuff. So that is a conversation we're having on the back end uh, to figure that stuff out. But the desktop CPU stuff is like, okay, cool. I can handle it. Some of the the GPU stuff, okay, I can handle it. Laptop stuff is a, is a whole separate <laughs> situation. Um, but yeah, 
it's, it's fun. Once again, feel honored uh, that I was able to to do it. And thank you again. For, I I don't know if he's watching right now, but maybe he'll watch it later. But but Gordon, like I just yeah, to be able to learn from Gordon, that's that's the other part too. Like to be able to learn from literally one of the best. And I don't think he would say that because he's a very humble person. But I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that he is one of the best <laughs> CP reviewers of all time, right? Uh, so and he's so passionate <laughs> about it that what was always impressed me about him is that he's so passionate about it that he wants to just spread that love in any manner possible, right? So like he's covering as much hardware as possible he's as excited to cover laptop chips as he is desktop chips because to him it's just exciting to see where the silicon's going right like what's happening with these advancements and likewise on the back end like i i mentioned this earlier but he's mentored so many people myself and adam included and he just gives so generously of his time it doesn't matter like there were times where like he was like giving me advice when we actually worked at different outlets where I would mention something to him and he was still that like, like that ear for me that he could, I could bounce something off her. Cause again, it's like, Oh crap. Oh crap. Like I'm just going to get skewered on this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing this right. And he's like, and with all his experience, he just says, it's fine. Here are the reasons why it'll be fine. Or like, here's just the perspective to try on as you're doing this, because when you're brand new, you don't have that expe- you know, experience yet. And so I can't say it enough, Gordon, thank you for everything because you know, no matter, no matter where we are and what we're doing, you're always watching out for us. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, and, and I know he, he, he misses being in the thick of things. Uh, like, even though this is just a refresh, he, yeah, he was excited to, to be in there and yeah. I know he wishes he could could be the one uh, to be doing it. So I just feel lucky to be able to step in. Uh, and then somebody asked earlier about, well, we need to bring back Gordon's um, uh, bucks per thread chart. I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I, I mean, in fairness though, this generation, I don't think we really would have seen much of a change because the prices yeah. actually have held pretty steady, which is impressive for Intel, you know? Yeah. Which some of the leaks were saying the prices were going to increase. So uh, glad that didn't happen. Uh, but then also at the same end, I mean, we're seeing some deals like the, what was it? The 7800X3D dropped down to 300 over the weekend or something like that. Is that what it was? Oh, man. Are we are we moving to Q&A and like the question I keep seeing in chat about pricing? Oh, we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why don't you move over to Q&A? If you have a question right now, uh, get them in the chat. At PC World is kind of the easiest way to, uh, for me to see it. Um, and if you are watching or listening to this later, there's a link to our Discord in the description. There's a channel over there for full nerd questions. Hopefully, we'll get to them later. Um, so, what what was the question that that, that you were seeing specifically? I, sorry, having a hard time. Oh, everybody just wants to know my take on what generation again. If I think that 13th gen is going to drop, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. kind of sales? Can we expect for Black Friday? That kind of thing. Well, so yeah, like uh, I guess another way to rephrase that, like how how cheap do you think is it? Like where's your cutoff point? If you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm looking at an i5, a 13 Gen i5 or a 14 Gen i5, like where is that price? If you're like, eh, it's $20 cheaper, just go with the 14 Gen. $40 cheaper, maybe go to the 13 Gen. Like where where is that kind of math? 
Uh, I mean, it depends where you are in the budget, right? I mean, although we're talking about unlocked parts, so you, it's really not, it's not really, it's not really mid-tier, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so I would say in that range, if we're looking, I think for me, I wouldn't start biting until like maybe 40 or $50. Like to me, it's like, if you're already buying like what's roughly like what, a $300 part? I mean, you're probably going to hang on to it a little bit longer. You're you're probably more interested in performance because if you really wanted a mid-tier part, you'd be getting like a 13400, right? So at that point, to me the performance is more of a question. And I don't necessarily mean like the raw hardware performance unless I mean we're because that's an i5 part and pre we're predicting based on what we see from the i9 part because nothing really changed outside of clock speeds that it's going to be similar performance. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, for, as a buyer myself, I'm like, well, if the price difference isn't that huge and I'm really into this because I kind of want the performance and I want longevity, I'm probably going to hang on to this for a while because it's a bigger investment for me. I think I'd want the option that support for things like Wi-Fi 7, um, Thunderbolt 5, right? Just mm. in case I need to squeeze more life out of this thing down the road, like maybe it's a hand-me-down for someone else I know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I am that person that Gordon calls out because she's like, do you overclock? And I'm like, mm, when I feel like it. He's like, why are you buying a K-part? I'm like, because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> I will say I that... want the possibility. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like that same argument applies for uh, uh, the F-parts with integrated graphics or not. I I feel like yes, you're not going to game off those graphics, but to have it there for troubleshooting can definitely oh, be no, worth yeah, it. Oh no, yeah, that's right? that's a, no, no, that's it for me. Oh, yeah. So like <laughs> like I can understand the unlock part, mm, but like definitely having the option for like an integrated graphics to like troubleshoot like is like I think that's worth the little bit of Dude, money. That is worth thirty bucks, yeah, or whatever <laughs> cost differences. Is that because that saves you so much time? Because like calculate even if you're making a minimum wage right calculate your time the amount of time it's going to take you to like even drive to a store buy a gra another graphics card <laughs> to use as a troubleshooting thing take it back to the store and hope that you can get your money back if not a restocking fee like all that time and even possibly restocking fee money spent that 30 bucks is it 50 i don't remember like what the current gen is like but i think it's around 30 in that 30 ish yeah, do you, do you want to bring up the, the pricing slide? Uh, like, the parts, whatever. I'll take it at this age, like, especially like it is just, whew, even working minimum wage, I think that's just, it's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the headache. Just being able to literally go like, burr, burr, at the back of your PC, <laughs> so worth it. I mean, I, I had to use it uh, actually during this testing because when I dropped in a new AMD CPU into the motherboard, uh, so, somehow the 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 um i i had problems with the uh with the the graphics drivers it, it solved it once i ddu'd the whole thing uh but yeah like the 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 gpu wasn't spitting a signal out and i wasn't seeing an integrated signal either <laughs> so yeah I, whatever but yeah it was good to have that it was good to have it uh we we have the the pricing chart yeah. yeah so the kf part is what is that that's uh, at the the i five or uh, three twenty versus twenty five uh, yeah so, so twenty five bucks yeah it looks like yeah, it's like twenty five bucks yeah yeah so 
no i would yeah, totally absolutely worth it down. uh yeah i i like having the the f you, even if you you don't go for the the k so, um yeah uh, we're see so that's 13th gen i think the bigger i i think the bigger savings because it looks like i think they're trying to maybe clear the channel a little bit maybe uh and then amd is also getting to the fray so i have mm-hmm. a screenshot a really not visually attractive screenshot mm-hmm. of different new egg um newsletters there we go sorry <laughs> a little sleep deprived i'm a little hungry <laughs> um new egg newsletters that uh advertise different sales just within the past month so within october we're two weeks in Mm. so this has just been like over the last like 14 ish days Mm -hmm. and it's nuts like it's just constant sales on uh ryzen 5000 ryzen 7000 and 12th gen alder lake parts and honestly to me, the amount of power that you can still get from these chips, especially if you're coming from something like, I know we've got group members or sorry, Discord members who are still on things like Haswell, Sandy Bridge, you know, like a little bit newer, like Skylake, even Coffee Lake, uh, first gen Ryzen, second gen Ryzen. Like if you're moving from something that's at least four to five years old, 12th gen is going to be a nice uptick. And like, let's see what I got here on the price. You could have gotten on, let's see, what, what's this date here? October 4th, the 12700K was 240 bucks. It's a decent price. Actually, yeah, it's a decent chop. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten a Ryzen 7600X for 230 bucks. Um, prices uh, for 7800X went down to 350 So, there's a 5800X here for 210 bucks. So the thing is, is like, if we're seeing this now, like during Black Friday, if they haven't sold a lot of these, I'm guessing, which that's like, what, a month away at this point? Because mm. the deals start heating up by mm. mid-month usually. Mm-hmm. So if I could see these dropping further. So if you've been waiting to upgrade for a while, it may be a good time to finally pull the trigger. Or... Especially if you're still an AM4 and you see a deal on a Ryzen 5000 part because you're still on the first gen Ryzen, second gen Ryzen, like, I mean, that could be a really get stretch that even further. Hell yeah. Stretch your PC even into infinity and beyond. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we did have a, oh yeah, we had that super chat. I'm going to go back to from uh, Mike Quinton, had given us their. $20, thank you, uh, and said, uh, what's the formula for matching CPU with GPU and SSD and the relationship with software quality? Good hardware versus junked software code. Uh, so, uh, all right, so a couple things to dive into here. Uh, I guess it also depends on the build, right? Uh, what's the formula for matching CPU with GPU and SSD? Like, I, I think that that equation is different whether you're going for, like, a, a workstation build or going for, like, a gaming mm-hmm. build, Right. Once mm-hmm. again, I think the the CPU is not as important for gaming build as it is for a GPU, but for if you're using Premiere Pro, which is definitely more CPU bound, uh, then then yeah, the CPU is the number one indicator there. So what's what's your kind of general rule of of you know balancing that act? Um, I mean, same thing, right? You have to figure out what 
what I consider category or bucket you're going to fall into, right? Like, are you looking more for content creation? Are you looking for gaming? Are you looking for general PC use? Like once you figure out one of those general three, um, I mean, obviously some people have like more specialized type things that mm-hmm. still kind of fall into one of those buckets or kind of imitates that same kind of um, balance between the CPU, GPU and SSD, right? Mm-hmm. Once you figure out what bucket you're in, then that's when you start trying to more closely calibrate the two, right? Like you're not going to put an i3 with a 4090. <laughs> like, like you're going to run to bottlenecks for whatever you're trying to do. That's like, so like there are some things that are off the table as a general thing, right? But like once you start narrowing the buckets then it's like, okay, do I put an i7 with like, you know, a mid-tier GPU or do I like dial it down to an i5 so I can up the the amount I can buy for a GPU or maybe not because GPU prices still kind of suck. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends. But yeah. I mean, in the sense of like the, the gaps like between the different parts yeah. of the stacks that kind of suck in my opinion. And compared to pre-pandemic. Um, yeah. Whereas... Whereas like content creation, like, you know, you don't have to necessarily put in such a hefty GPU with your CPU, as you just said, uh, the SSD, like if I was doing content creation, a lot of rendering, that kind of stuff, maybe I would start looking at gen five SSDs. Right. But like, if I'm just playing games, like I could put a SATA SSD to store my, my games, you know, especially if I'm, it's a game I don't play as often, but I don't necessarily want to take it out of quote unquote cold storage. I'm cold storage because I'm still using it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, versus, you know, having it like on my, you know, Gen 4 SSD, that kind of thing. So, like, the speed of the SSD is going to also depend. Like, do I really need that much speed? Well, especially like, versus I mean, how much they cost. And direct storage is still kind of a non starter. I mean, you know, it's it's there a little bit and hopefully more games coming out. But yeah, like, you know, yeah, I feel, I feel like for gaming, you could get away with a SATA drive still and be completely fine uh but yeah for content creation like i'm like at least a gen 4 drive uh and i would say the ssd quality and size and amount of them is more important than even the gpu especially if you're in adobe apps um so yeah it it, it depends it depends um and then okay so and then the relationship with software quality good hardware versus junk software code uh once again adobe (laughs) so i've run into plenty of things where i'm like i'm like oh my god there's a new update in premiere pro and for some reason my encodes are not going uh to the they're not actually encoding on the gpu literally do the same workflow every time but now it just wants to export everything on the igp what the hell uh so you know, while Premiere isn't the junkiest software out there, there's plenty of times where I'm just like, oh, my God, really? You made that decision? Why did you make that decision? Uh, so, I'm uh, just yeah. going to say <laughs> this super chat sponsored by DaVinci. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, DaVinci Mike. Resolve. Thank you, you get on for DaVinci all your, yeah. your continued support of us. This is a bit of a joke. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that that was the first thing that, that popped up into my mind. Uh <laughs> was that kind of stuff i mean i guess another way to frame it or if you think about it in the gaming stuff it's like man if you got okay say you were excited for starfield and you had an intel arc gpu and you couldn't play it for a week uh right you know i i don't know if that's what they're trying to get to 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 it there <laughs> but say you had a perfectly perfectly capable gpu but uh because of the drivers that uh you weren't actually able to play the game so uh but i don't know how much i mean how much does that factor into the purchasing decision of the hardware 
Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think looked at it in a different way, like mm-hmm. a different spin on this question is just, or not even spin, but like a slightly different angle on the software part of the question is just like, are, what is the relationship between the manufacturer of your hardware and how optimized the software that you use, uh, like for that hardware, right? So taking the example of Adobe, right? You know, it's generally held that it works more efficiently or more you get more out of it when you have intel right which is why a lot of times people still use intel Mm. for their builds as opposed to amd similarly when we were talking about the whole idea of doing a 3d vcache chip from amd for your gaming right like so Mm. are you playing a lot of open world games then like maybe that will work better i don't know if i would say that's necessarily junk code I mean, maybe you would about the Adobe part, just we literally just covered, but it's more of like, what's optimized? How well is it optimized for the hardware you're running on? And are you making decisions based on that? And again, same answer. It really depends on your situation. Well, what I, do you do with your hardware? And what are you running? You, what software are you running most often on it? And a, 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 I guess a good example on that point was that somebody left a comment in the 1400K review video this morning saying, Oh man, I tried AMD and I just had horrible USB audio problems. Uh, you know, and they were like, "I'm, I'm, I don't care how good of a deal or, or what I'm getting. I, I need to go back to Intel kind of thing." Uh, so I guess that's another another way to frame it. Um, and I, I do see what uh, when I talked earlier about like what kind of benchmarks, like would people like to see or like added or anything like that, uh, is um, talk. Uh, I did see some people talk about audio. Uh, for sure, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's mm-hmm. near and dear to my heart. So I, I would love to explore that as well. So, because uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's a that is definitely a thing. The the audio capabilities or performance of AMD versus Intel. I mean, I I got mm. bit by it for a little bit too when I had my main editing rig be a fifty eight hundred X. I definitely had a lot of USB issues, especially with audio devices. So, um, so I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, anything from 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 you on your end? Dan, because I mean you're a freelancer. Time is money uh, when it comes to you know reliability of hardware and, and the software you use. Yeah, but, <clears throat> I mean it even matters if you what kind of footage you're you're doing, right? Mm. Are you doing a lot of you know H.264, H.265, or you doing raw footage? So then you know like even if you're just editing, that matters. Um, but just kind of going back to that previous kind of question. You know, like for me, it's like, yeah, like I have two two terabyte drives NVMEs for editing, and then I put you know all my game stuff in you know what Elena calls cold storage uh, <laughs> on, on a SATA SSD. <laughs> so you know, like it's, I need tons and tons of space. Like I have eight terabytes of total internal storage. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Def- definitely important. So. Uh, all right. Uh, there was another question here from a friend of the show. Coffee uh, asked, uh, gave us five Canadian dollars. Thanks so much. Said, uh, what's what's the all core boost clock on the P cores for the fourteen seven hundred K? That is a good question. Uh, let me. Uh, so the the top end single core performance on it was five six, uh, and when I ran Cinebench uh, uh, multi threaded. If I believe correctly, I'd have to go back and look at it again, but if I believe correctly, it was at 5.4. So under under all core strenuous Cinebench R23, but that all cores were 5.4. The, 
But that includes the efficiency course. I think they wanted oh, yeah, just yeah, the not, P not, course isolated. Yeah, th that was just the P course. I do not remember what the E course were, were running at. Okay. So, um, yeah. What, what's the all core boost clock on the P course? Okay, so they were asking P course specifically. Yeah, so 5.4. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it was 5.4 under Cinebench uh, multi-threaded. Uh, so not, not the quite 5.6, obviously, like single-threaded, but... Uh, friend of the show, New Tech's asking the next question is, do people with APUs get banned too? I don't, I don't know what you're referring to, but yes, you're banned. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, it probably was something we were discussing at that time. I, I don't remember what the context was. I can't remember. Uh, let's uh, go over to, to Discord. Is there any questions over here lingering on Discord? No, new question. No new questions on Discord. Um, okay. So we should probably wrap it up. Uh, and, I am hungry. It's some, um, my stomach just grumbled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. Thank you, everybody. Well, let's wrap it up. Let me switch over back to my notes. Uh, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. To listen to us on the go, uh, subscribe to the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, well, not Google Podcasts anymore because that's. So I'm gonna put. I'm gonna strike this right now. Put YouTube. <laughs> Music. I I actually on have Napster. <laughs> Napster, yeah. A lime limewire. Uh Pocket Casa. Any any time you do, uh uh please uh, review uh because uh, every time you do review uh a new generation of Intel CPUs come out with a clock boop uh bump. So thank you. I actually you know what? Uh I do want to dig this out before we go. We got a couple reviews that I do want to talk about on the podcast. Uh we got one from I don't know how to pronounce this. E R I C I H L E. Eric Eric Isle Eric Isle gives five stars. Thank you so much. Said best of wishes, wishes, Gordon. What a great podcast, full of heart. Thank you. You're full of heart. Uh, and then another review. This one was a couple of weeks ago from R T B no R T B Nash uh, over on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Thank you so much. Said love the show. Uh, you guys are all knowledgeable and full nerds and so nice. No, you're nice. And you know, you've got the knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you again to everybody uh, that helped out in this this review cycle. Uh, and uh, thank you, Elena, definitely for your help with with this uh, with this review. But then also go go read the article, PCWorld.com. Go see uh, uh, Elena's hot I'll takes. Take your traffic. Hot takes, yeah. <laughs> Elena will take your traffic. Uh, and thank you, Brad, for stopping by. Oh, thanks everybody. That's my Brad. I don't know. That's my Brad impression. That's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> That's exactly how he sounds. Uh, and uh, thank you, Dan, for controlling the vertical, verticals and horizontals. Get us out of here, Dan. Yeah, Hungry. my stomach just grumbled again. So <laughs> let's do it. Goodbye, everybody. Let's do it. <laughs>